Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the most prestigious uh, uh, wrestling show to start at ten in the morning uh, for East Coast <laughs> listeners. Uh, I am your host Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is Mister Last Love himself, Scotty Edwards. <laughs> Scotty, how you doing? Hi, uh, hello, everybody. Big week for me. Big, big, big week. week. It's going to be a weird year for you too. It's, we'll get to yeah. more of that later, but uh, big, big week for Scotty over here. But uh, we are joined today uh, by none other than all the way, all all the way, well, not the West Coast per se, I guess, but uh, beyond the West Coast, uh, all the way from beyond the West Coast, we have from Brace for Impact, Mike Gilbert. Mike, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. We're excited to have you join us this early in the morning. Uh, I know that that is the toughest task to be giving to someone but uh we appreciate you yeah i i like how you guys are like slightly complaining that it's 10 30 where you're at guys it's 5 30 here in honolulu uh <laughs> but uh because i love scotty so much i was uh i made sure that i was up this morning to be able to do this that, and we appreciate it. it we appreciate it it's only i'm good with this time i wake up early for work it's, it's the it's really scotty that dies from stardom every from <laughs> You know, I'm just awake until 3 a.m. consistently. That's the problem. That's yeah. my fault. It's my fault. Yeah, you need to move but, that to Honolulu. That's what you need to do, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott, I, I not to brag, but um, the Noah show from earlier this week on Tuesday night, uh, it, it started at like eight o'clock in the evening here. So, <laughs> and, but full full disclosure, I I watched uh, I watched the first hour and a half live, and then I passed out because uh, I had to be at work the next morning. So. <laughs> oh, so I I would have loved that. Instead, I watched it from uh, whatever. I think it started at two a.m. here. 
So yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> Had a wonderful time. Uh, but I'm happy that we're having you on and I'm happy that it happens to be my least favorite impact special in like two years that we get to talk about. Wow. Bro, we picked, we picked possibly the worst one to talk about, man. I, <laughs> dude, I was, uh, you know, I, I recorded my show yesterday morning and I was just like, I, I love when impact has a good show because I get fired up to talk about yeah. it yeah. Um, because they, they take a lot of shit and a lot of times they deserve it. Right. Yeah. But when they do good, I like to be the guy that's out there advocating for them. Mm-hmm. But I, I came on the air and was like, guys, if, uh, if you watch this show based off my recommendation, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> a, that one's on me. Um, I was like, however, I, I must let you know that, that, uh, the 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 previous year's worth of premium events for impact haven't missed not the tv show the tv shows hit or miss in my opinion but the premium events have always been very good this was the complete opposite this this was their first miss in a very long time yeah the impact has been we talk about all the time on here that impact has been like i mean they're constantly a wave you know they're constantly a roller coaster Mm -hmm. of like they they get in like good good spots where it's like they have show after show after show and you're like oh this is awesome this is great i'm fully back on board and then they'll start having a bunch of misses you're like (laughs) oh come on impact they'll have bully ray they'll have they'll they'll have a a 30 minute segment or however long it felt like an hour segment with a bully ray uh (laughs) yeah you know it's Classic impact, I guess. But we'll get more into impact, no surrender in a bit. Uh, We got some news bits to start off the show with. Uh, So again, we'll get to that. Uh, First things first, it was announced on the big important announcement that came out of AEW this week was the launch of a new reality show called AEW All Access. It came with a press release and everything announced by, I guess, technically Adam Cole. Uh, It is coming, is set to premiere on TBS this March. Uh, including the basically following the lives of Adam Cole, Britt Baker, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti, the Young Bucks, Soraya, Wardlow, and Eddie Kingston uh, on a one-hour show. Half of those lives I do not want to know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say who, but Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are very high on that list. (laughs) I'm very excited to watch Eddie Kingston's part of it. That's that's the part I'm fully set in. Uh, we don't know, obviously, how many episodes it's going to get in or even when the premiere date is, but it's going to be in March. So I guess we'll find out. Mm. It'll be an hour. Show I just like to say it canceled Dynamite. Power Slap. So, yeah, I, to me, that's, that's a, the that's the big news. That's a that's a win. Hey, did you guys do you guys want some late breaking news on Power Slap that just came out this morning? Um, yes, I think sure. probably if you guys, if Scott, if you're not paying attention to one of our chats, um, Power Slap was about to have a pay-per-view. And none of the pay-per-view, none of the pay-per-view companies will carry it. <laughs> so, so they, uh, they, uh, they've been moved over to a free service. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, because the guy that's reporting it is not exactly a reporter, but he's pretty plugged into that world. He's saying it's going to be on this, uh, this alternative YouTube service called Rumble. I don't know if that's true, but I do know that the pay-per-view companies won't be picking it up. So, wow, it's a great day. It's a great day. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that rumble in in like uh, retrospect, I guess, and in, in hindsight, the the fact that uh that no pay per view service is allowing Power Slap to exist, but Warner Brothers is like, you know, we'll delay the show a week, but we'll continue it because we need some content. <laughs> that really that really makes Warner Brothers look kind of worse in hindsight, you know. Well, you know, I have a theory about that, and um, the, and this is a completely a theory. This is not like, I, and I'm not a journalist. Anybody that calls me a journalist has got heat with me, but um, 
I, I have a theory that that Dana White and uh, his people, Lorenzo Fertitta and Endeavor, I think they're paying for that time slot. I, now I don't know that for a fact. I just think they're paying for it because yeah. that's how that's how UFC was able to get on the air back in 2005 after Raw. That was originally a time buy yeah. um, to get the Ultimate Fighter on the air, and that really is how they they were able to springboard because UFC was banned from TV and banned from pay per view for years, mm -hmm. and until the Fertitas took it over, until you, Dana White became the president there. And he was able to buy ad the time space on Spike TV after Raw back in the day. And that's what helped launch UFC because people wouldn't have anything to do with it. Um, back in the late 90s, UFC was absolutely banned from tele banned from TV, banned from pay-per-view. They couldn't get anywhere. And um, this is the avenue they took. Um, and it looks like they were trying to do the same thing with Power Slap. Now, I don't know that for a fact. That's just my yeah. that's just Mike's uh, idea of how they got were able to get that slot because there's nothing redeeming about Power Slap. There's nothing entertaining about it. So how they were able to get that, that they would have had to pay for it, in my opinion. I, I think that's totally plausible. The fact that AEW Access is replacing it, I, I think maybe mm. eats into that theory a little bit because you would, I mean, I guess the season's almost over. I have no idea. I do not keep up with the Power <laughs> Slap universe in any way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that's interesting. That's interesting because Warner Brothers would 100% accept that money uh, where mm -hmm. it is right now. And uh, trust me, I, I yeah. know that one for uh, firsthand experience. Uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers definitely needs money right now because they do not mm -hmm. have it. Um, that's That would be an interesting theory. That would be an interesting theory. Scotty, are you excited yeah. at all for AEW All Access to hit the airwaves? Well, I just learned Eddie Kingston's on it, so my excitement went from zero to about five instantly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will I will fast forward through that first episode so fast when I see Sammy Guevara's face pop up, though. I just want to see the fights. Mm -hmm. Like, are they going to show the fights backstage? Ooh, you know, because this be company, fun. all that, that that's all that happens. I believe yeah. when because we heard at one point that just AW, started brawl out. That we, I I remember hearing at one point that AEW was starting to film reality show backstage content stuff months yeah. ago i don't remember when exactly that was i think there was some backstage fighting stuff that happened during it but i remember yeah. like i remember hearing like one of the reasons like the young bucks were like around but not on television because they were filming stuff for uh, reality show stuff so yeah, maybe I their think, comeback yeah and their comeback i think that was probably part of it so this is just being the elite on tv uh, slash the slash the Sammy vlog. You can't forget about the Sammy yeah. vlog. I completely uh, forgot. This, that. I'm pretty sure this is the replacement for Roads to the Top, right? Yes, that's because my um, yeah, because TNT and TBS had Roads to the Top before Cody left, and they wanted that programming, and so AEW tried to give them a different version. And I think it looks like the original idea was to follow Adam Cole and Britt Baker and Sammy and Ty Conti, mm -hmm. but then they then they threw a bunch of other people into it. Um, and uh, Eddie Eddie Kingston took to Twitter saying he was trying to get out of being on the show by admitting <laughs> that he would he would cuss way too much and that he wouldn't be good for the show. And they they actually thought that was great and they wanted him on there more. So he really <laughs> fucked himself over. Because <laughs> that, that's the problem with Eddie Kingston. You know, he cusses more, but it just makes him more realistic and more watchable. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. the guy's too charismatic to be able to that's do That's my dude stuff. right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, other news that came out, uh, sort of sadder news, I guess you could say, but uh, uh, you take it out as uh, Jeff Hardy. It was announced that uh, his license, uh, his DUI case in Florida was mm. uh, resolved, um, saying that uh, his license is going to be revoked for 10 or suspended for 10 years. The case is closed. He, he's got jail time, but he has days credit. It's some weird thing where basically he's not going to be 
serving jail time, but he at least got it in a weird way. But, you know, he's not going to be driving for the next 10 years, and he's, as I, if I'm not mistaken, mandatory, um, uh, where is it? Mandatory. Community uh, service? Yeah, I believe Community service. service. And, and, um, and uh, he has to go through alcohol treatment. Yes, so. alcohol treatment, $45,000 in fines and court fees, two years probation, uh, court <clears throat> man the DUI, school or drug rehab program, community service, two years with an interlock device, and a 90-year, 90-day, not 90-year, 90 90-day 90 vehicle impoundment. Uh, so sort of a, a sad good sad news, but a good resolution to a story uh, because you know we don't like seeing Jeff Hardy being in this instance, but it's something that especially I would especially the the license suspension uh, desperately needed because this sort of DUI mm-hmm. situation is not great and it's a thing where you need to get the guy off the roads and this is the good well, resolution to that. Well, but that's the problem with Jeff Hardy. His license was already suspended when he got the DUI. You're so, right. You're right. Yeah. I totally can, forgot about can, that point. And they. And they could impound his car. He's rich enough. He has other cars, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and him getting his not having a license for ten years, he's used to not having a license. So, the, honestly, I, I feel like they just slapped him on the wrist again. This guy's not. Look, mm-hmm. um, anytime you take a drink and you get behind the wheel of a vehicle, you're telling everybody on the road that night that their life doesn't matter. That your ego is way more important in their lives, right? So I take that shit very seriously. Um, and this guy just keeps screwing up time and time again. He keeps getting more and more chances. I think that he's never going to learn until he gets everything taken away from him. He should have 10 years suspension. He should have got 10 years in jail for this latest one because he's, this is his third DUI, right? Um, this is, this is serious business. This guy's never going to learn until he gets everything stripped from him. Um, and there were reports out that he was just recently like drinking and carrying on, uh, out in public here just recently. Right. Um, so what, what's what's the difference? This this guy doesn't have a driving problem. He has a drinking problem yeah. and yeah. he's never going to stop until everything gets ripped away from him. And and I know that from experience. So. Well, yeah. I, go, go ahead, Scotty. I mean, you, you know, we say third time. Yeah. That he got caught. Right. Yeah. That's the way to look at it. That's, right? that's the unfortunate way to look at it. Uh I never want to see this guy in a wrestling ring again until you know, like, that's the kind of, that's the point I'm at. I don't want to see Matt Hardy in the wrestling ring again either, but that's for other reasons. Um, <laughs> but that's the unfortunate reality. It's like this guy that so many people love, right? Like Jeff Hardy's one of the most beloved baby faces I've seen. And we've come to a point where I never want to see him wrestle again because he's not taking care of himself and he's not taking care of the people around him by default. You know, like mm-hmm. Mike said it perfectly. Like once you get behind that wheel after a drink, you're telling everyone that you don't matter. And I think that's awful. So uh, it's a, you know, we could say it's a sad resolution, but it's probably not enough, you know, because yeah. like I, I forgot about the license already be suspended, which makes it all the worse mm-hmm. that this was all that they did ultimately. Like community service, like that's not going to teach him anything. That's it's not. No. Um, so. It sucks, but uh, hopefully AEW uh, knows better than not to just you know put him and Matt back on TV um, until like especially if he's just going around drinking. It's like okay, so you haven't proved anything to anyone mm-hmm. that you're better. Yeah, that's totally true, and also, especially with like they're kind of been doing like the Hardy Boys tease gimmick music thing mm-hmm. with uh, the ethan page and the firm and all yeah. that group they're sort of been teasing it with the music i <clears throat> i, I the hope firm. they stay away from bringing jeff back on television i yeah. i 
I think he's coming back as soon as this community service is up. You're and probably right. Maybe even, <laughs> maybe even sooner than that, because that's the thing about Jeff Hardy. What Scott was saying was true. Everybody loves the guy. I I love the guy. I love watching him on TV. Yeah. He's great. He's one. He's one of my favorites ever. Um, I'd strap him but, too. Yeah, but they're, but they're right now I'm it. just like <laughs> they're, they're, they they are. They were planning on strapping him, and then this whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> and I I don't I don't see that I don't see that changing because uh, he's got. He's got this weird way of being able to manipulate people into thinking he's okay. Mm-hmm. And then he continues to do the same stuff over and over again. It's because A, he's never being held accountable, and B, he never takes accountability. Yeah. Right? He he's always passing the heat off on somebody else. It's 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 uh stick addict behavior. That's what it is. Yeah. And I and I've and I've seen it for a long time with a lot of people, and, and he's just another one of those people. And until you feel like like actual harmful consequences in your life until you reach that rock bottom. And for everybody that's different, um, he hasn't hit that point yet. He's just going to continue to exhibit the same behavior because he's not being held accountable. And it's a sad yeah. thing. Yeah. Him not getting fired should be the ultimate tale of where they think he is, is that they'll bring him back kind of with the CM Punk thing, but very different, obviously. Yeah. It's uh, like you're still under contract. There's still a good chance you come back. Mm-hmm. Sad, but probably true. Um, moving on to the next bit, uh, Observer Awards came out, Wrestling Observer Awards. And whether or not you take this with a, a, a grain of salt or treat this like the Oscars. Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, the, uh, you know, this is the Wrestling Observer Awards. So we're going to talk about it just real quickly. Um, winners across the board here, Wrestler of the Year, John Moxley. Uh, I'm also standing wrestler Will Ospreay, uh, Tag Team of the Year, FTR, Best on Interviews, which is essentially just promos, MJF, Promotion of the Year, AEW, Best Weekly TV Show, AEW Dynamite, Pro Wrestling Match of the Year, Okada versus Ospreay, um, I believe that was the G1 Climax Final, um, yeah. and then, of course, there's the MVPs per the region. Um, Scotty, how do you feel about these uh, Observer Awards? I know you're, you're sort of just like, ah, the award shows, the award, Observer stuff, who gives a crap, right? Well, you could have given Shuri some credit, but that's fine. Uh, she won the Women's Wrestler of the Year, so mm-hmm. you could have gave me the one that I would have appreciated. You say <laughs> my apologies. I just everything read... else was expected. Like, oh, I read the cat. I read. I read the category A. I didn't read the category B winners. My apologies. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not my fault uh, that the Women's Wrestler of the Year is in category B. Oh yeah, that, that that's a problem for Dave, I guess. But uh, yeah, everything what is expected. No, nothing surprised yeah. me. I mean, AEW had a bad final six months for the most part, but they were always going to win. So, yeah. So th- it's the People's Choice Awards for the people that read the Wrestling Observer newsletter, listen to the Wrestling Observer radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not really an, an objective thing because that publication skews heavy into New Japan and AEW, and it always has. Um, because the style of wrestling that they do is kind of the style that that the people that write there and that read there that's what they like so um and if um you know the weekly tv show dynamite i i would say that i mean that's easy that i mean that was an easy yeah. victory that's i think dynamite's a fun show of of wrestling every single week yeah um yeah. it's the most consistently fun two hours of television every single week i and that didn't stop at any point they had a couple of stinkers but it's like two or three out of 52 weeks that's pretty damn good <laughs> yeah we had a conversation um, last but, week when it was like uh Dynamite has a great show for like two months straight, and then they have one stinker 
uh, with a yeah. bad rating and everything, and everyone explodes. The world. The People Uber proceeded explodes. me to call me an AEW shill because of that. But that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah. Not AEW. WWE shill. E drone. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was yeah, like, what? E drone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, but for AEW to be promotion of the year is just asinine. That's just factually not true. They had a good first six months, and then business dropped off the second six months. Mm-hmm. While WWE had a, had a bad maybe like January February, but their business from March through the right. end of the year just got better and better and better and better, right? Yeah. Um, and and that didn't start with Triple H. So that started with Vince, but it started around the road to WrestleMania in March through mm-hmm. WrestleMania and on to the end of the year. So um, by the end of the year, they were. The <laughs> Yeah, by the end of the year, they were better than the, when they started. That's incredible. Like, yeah. um, and look, and I'm not a big WWE watcher. I, I try to keep up a little bit on Hulu, and and I try to you know catch SmackDown here and there. I'm I'm not like an avid watcher. I like the premium events. Um, and I and I don't watch those live. I just kind of pick and choose what I want to watch off of those things. Sure. But to to say that they weren't the the best promotion of the year, I think that's crazy. Well, that's the tough part. When you talk about like the finances of AEW and WWE, that's like the tough part talking about WWE because the money that they get yeah. is for the you know guaranteed for the most part. The they have the right. streaming deal of Peacock, they have the TV deal where it's just guaranteed money over and over, you know, constantly growing every year. So it's yeah, it's it's very tough well, to well, like even you know say like it is. Go well, ahead. it's not it's not a, it's not an apples and apples comparison, right? Yes, the success exactly. is relative. Uh-huh. So yeah. a so WWE was better than they were at in December than when they started in January mm-hmm. and not, not, Agreed. not just, so not the TV money, TV money, you throw that to the side, TV ratings were better by the end of the year than what they had started mm-hmm. and their year over year ratings were up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. But not only that ticket sales were up merchandise oh, sales. sales were crazy. They, they had hot <laughs> angles. And then you, then you go to AEW by the end of the year, everything was down, right? Everything was trending downward. Ticket sales were trending downward. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about their merchandise stuff. I don't, I don't know if they have anybody hot, but they didn't really have any hot angles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they lost CM Punk because of the brawl out stuff, yeah. right? So they, they had all this stuff. They were trending downwards by the end of the year, but like WWE had like a nine month trajectory where they're going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And to, to so um, I, I, I think that if you don't factor that in there, you're just being disingenuous. And that's why it's like, this is my favorite. Pro- so to say promotion of the year, it's not really like promotion of the year. This is like, Hey, this is the promotion that I liked most throughout the year. And that's, yeah. and that's what it is. And that's a publication that skews heavy into AEW and new Japan, which Mike Gilbert skews heavy into AEW and new Japan too. So I totally <laughs> sure. get it. But if yeah. I, I, but you got to look at it objectively, right? Yeah. Well, that's, I think the best way to look at it, you know, Ryan, you know, you got your tussle this week about awards, um, but like every award for every website or publication, it's just based on who listens to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, that's at the end of the day, that's why like with the Fightful Awards, every, everyone from AEW and WWE won because that's their, that's their main coverage. And then like you said, with the observer, it's AEW new Japan for our award shows. We skew more into like Deathmatch and stardom because we have stardom and Deathmatch podcasts on our network. That is the Correct, listenership right. that we have. So we skew more in yeah. our awards, having yeah. Deathmatch and stardom like, you know, or, or Joshi representation. It's almost yeah. impossible to have all of pro wrestling <clears throat> recognized in any of these awards. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. like not, no one's covering everything. Or 
can cover everything let me let me rephrase it's <laughs> almost for, impossible us, of course. well yeah <laughs> but it's like it's almost impossible so it's like the way i look at these awards like all right did like things that i think deserve to rank mm-hmm. higher like nwa should have been worst promotion of the year unquestioned yeah, they were, okay uh, what was it they were like, second i believe they were second but like come on people that was the worst wrestling promotion of the year it's not a question um but like i also look at like okay I see stardom's growth through these awards. Yes. That's what I'm happy about. I see, you know, John Moxley. John Moxley getting wrestle of the year. I'm not going to fight that. Mm-hmm. What cool he what he needed to do for them alone. It's like, all right, that great, makes sense. Great matches, and then pull the company out of a uh, a lot of stink in that, in that yeah, all out mm-hmm. situation. He was like a seven time world champion last year because yeah. of that. Like that's that's the thing. So I I don't take too much. I I take every award show as a grain of salt. My least favorite thing is that I have to now go on Twitter those days <laughs> and then see everyone talking about them. That's my <laughs> biggest pain. Yeah, see everybody complain about them like it's a real thing. It's not it, it's not a real thing. It is a people's choice thing. It's right. not like if Dave now, picked it, them would be one thing, but Dave's not picking right. them. Yes. <laughs> no. Now if if Dave and I, I I honestly think he should do this. If Dave got together members of the media, like kind of like he mm. what he does every year for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you got members of the media and he got wrestlers, leave the fans out of it. Fuck them. Right. Just wrestlers <laughs> and media, right? I'm talking like people in the know. Yeah. And you have to have at least 10 years experience in pro wrestling media. That's a good one. Uh, and then and then you vote, and then you vote that way. I, I would say that would be a more accurate representation. And you get media from all across the landscape. Um, but if you're just, if he's just polling his own voters, then you're just, he kind of tells them like they listen to him because they, they like the same thing as him. And he likes AEW and new Japan, even though he was very bullish on AEW not being good the last six months, he, he was, you know, he went, uh, above and beyond to to express that to people, Mm -hmm. but, um, but they're, they're conditioned to like that type of wrestling. That left people saying he hates AEW now, and I thought that was very funny. <laughs> I was like, "Come yeah. on, weeks ago, that, even, he hated WWE, and now even AEW. even my boss at Fight Game Garrett is taking shrapnel because they're saying yeah. that he hates Tony Khan." It's like, what are you talking about, you <laughs> idiots? Yeah, it's yeah. like if you say one bad thing, it's just you hate. No, yeah. I just being. Oh yeah, know, talking reality oh, here. Trust me, I know that one. Uh, if you hate, if you hate, if you talk badly about one thing, you get dunked on about something. Uh, no, I, but I totally agree with that. I, that sentiment, Mike, about I, I would have liked that too if the award shows for the Observer or any honestly, if we were able to do that with anything in terms of uh, uh, wrestling, I think that'd be a better way of doing it, of sort of treating it how the Observer treats the Hall of Fame, of doing it from people within yeah. the media, within the his, historians, media, wrestlers themselves. Now, granted, I'm sure there are like wrestlers and historians that have subscribed to the Observer, yeah. you know, newsletter, so. Yeah. I'm sure there are some of them that vote in the award system, um, but people that like making it more of like you know treating it like treating it like like the Oscars, where it's people within yeah. the industry, people, yeah. actors, sound designers, prop makers, all yada yada yada, yeah. producers, directors who are voting on all these things. Uh, and I that, like the tenure idea. The like tenure idea. Ten years yeah. at least. Like mm-hmm. you have to you have to be in this for a long time and have seen enough. Yeah. You know because mm-hmm. like. If you have newer people in, you still risk the chance of AEW just being automatically favored. Understandably, yeah, so, sure. Or, or like, like we or all, you run the dynamite's fantastic, yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, or or you run the risk of getting an idiot like Lewis Dangor 
in there and uh and saying his bullshit you know yeah like he's he's 12 he's 12 he's 12 years old and has a fucking opinion now sorry yeah, hey guys no i opinion. i didn't ask you am i allowed to cuss on the show yeah, my go bad for it. no any, any <laughs> okay okay slander, i appreciate <laughs> uh, i'll keep waiting for you guys to give me the the no cuss on no, the show no, sorry. This, no, is, this is anything goes i mean technically uh, technically i guess we shouldn't curse as much in the beginning because youtube stuff but that's Oh, my my bad. Scotty should have warned you about me. My bad. No, you're fine. We curse all the time on the show. I only say that because I think YouTube changed like the algorithm that like if you curse in like the first minute, I think then I think we were good. Yeah, I think we're fine. But uh, it's something like that where it's like if you curse in the first minute, you get like demonetized or something. Uh, it's like yeah, it's you know it's YouTube. But beyond that, yeah. beyond that, no, I totally agree with you. No, it, the 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 other half of this all is like Scotty talked about, as Mike talked about, that then you have a day of opinions about the awards. Like whether or not these awards matter is one thing and how much weight we put into the awards is one yeah. thing. But then you could argue that there's a lot of weight into the awards when a bunch of people get upset about them. Uh, and you have yeah. people saying, oh, by next year, they'll be the third most you know important award show and and uh or you know oh, oh it doesn't yeah. matter wwe and all you know WWE doesn't get representation so it doesn't matter you know all that stuff so it's it's in a weird way it's like how we treat the observer awards versus any other award show is very interesting conversation to have yeah well i don't like any of them yeah well and, and dave dave is the most tenured and he's the the most respected which means he gets the most hate right yeah and and it's like he and people think that he picks these and he just doesn't other than the mvp awards which he does pick because that's based off of business right so right um other than that everything else is just it's just the fan voting um and so now you're it's just fans getting mad at other fans because they disagree about who they like the best so they're all idiots Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we should have like an award show that's like an award show based on every other award show of all wrestling things to find the most, <laughs> the most awarded award. It's, it's the Observer Awards and PWI Day that absolutely drives me up a wall. Like yeah. those are the two days that I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to exist on social media because it's yeah. gonna be awful. Yeah, and hey, it what almost I, always is. What I will say, and I know we'll probably transition to another topic here pretty quick, but uh, the la- my last thing on this. Well, the good thing about the Observer Awards, they've been around forever. He's been doing them since, like, I think before I was born. Yeah. Um, it is a good reference point to watch awesome matches. Yes. And my my cousin has compiled every match of the year um, since the beginning of the Observer, and he has it in a Plex on his Plex server, and he puts it in there. So every time a match wins match of the year, so we have match of the, matches of the year going back all the way to I think 1981, Jerry Lawler versus uh, um, Terry Funk, um, and so we got that. So it's been a good reference point for me just to watch awesome mm-hmm. matches. And so any anytime something uh, I will, if I missed a match like right now, everybody's telling me that Yuji Nagata and Kento Miyahara is already a match of the year. So I started watching that before we went live, and I'm gonna go finish that as soon as we're done here. So um, I, I think that's a a great tool to have um is the observer match of the year um other than that it, every everything else on i don't really care about especially i don't like the the worst because i think that brings out the worst in people so if yes. you're saying yeah. worst wrestler worst promo worst announcer worst show again that brings out the worst in people i don't think that you i don't think it's a good idea to just to promote negativity like that when we have a ton of that already mm. totally agree with that and i totally agree with your point about like length of time i mean that for me, I don't care about the how the you know the per se about how the fan voting and everything t- takes place, but the 
the prestige, the historic nature of the awards, the length of time that they've existed is what really I greatly see. That's, that's the value I bring into the awards, being able to look yeah. at just the sliver of time, what th- what wrestling culture felt like was important, was the best, what well, was sadly the worst for what, 30 years, 30 plus years or whatever it is. That is a huge value, you know, valuable thing to have. Uh, and like you said, to be able to point pinpoint what was match of the year, what were wrestlers to watch at that time. I know mm-hmm. what were wrestlers not to watch at that time. Uh, things of that nature. Uh, that is really what creates like the valuable aspect of it. And I think to me, that is, that's the way I put into it. Of This is essentially going to be a historic uh, point in time that we can look back in 20 years and be like, oh, you know, who was, who was a great wrestler back in 2023? And we can look back mm-hmm. and see that there. Um, moving on to the next topic point, uh, Mercedes Monet, it was announced via a wrestling observer sticking with them, uh, that what her next, uh, challengers will be. We knew she had two more dates on the calendar, uh, but now it looks like we have, uh, what Dave is saying are the next challengers. So it's going to be Azame, uh, at the, well, that's official. She that's challenged. official. Yes. Um, <clears throat> at four, uh, April 8th and Sumo Hall for, uh, on the Soccer Genesis Generous. shows. Yes. Uh, where she'll defend against Azume. And then uh, later, at 4.23, at Stardom Show in the Yokohama Arena, she is scheduled to face Mayu Iwatani. Obviously, that's not confirmed yet, but that is, you know, per Dave's typical Stardom sources, you got to believe that's going to be <laughs> accurate. Um, so, yeah. Scotty, I know that you have feelings and opinions on this. Uh, I think Mercedes and Azume is going to be a great match, but, Scotty, I really want you to talk about Mercedes and Mayu Iwatani. Well, I will. I, I do want to add this in before I do is that I do think that Mercedes is going to try and get every single match that she wants, which is why she's only signed up for this long with New Japan mm-hmm. slash Stardom because she wants matches with you know Aja Kong and Miyu Yamashita and Mickey James. Like she's named so many people, and I think she wants to go get all of those matches. So that's the reason that uh, she's only signed on for these dates for now it's that so she's not binded by a contract and she she can't do her matches you know she did that for a long time she's used to being the binded by contract thing i think that's part of it and you know she's doing all this movie stuff and tv and you know mandalorians coming out so she's a busy person as is but uh yeah the uh my Yutani match i have to retire so it was a good run I, I said, I said <laughs> stupidly at, at last year when all the Sasha stuff started, I was like, oh, you know what? If my one dream match of her and Mayu happens, I will retire. And now it's happening. So uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in the build up to uh, Scotty's last love tour. So that was a good run. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good run. I am. I am now Muto. The next retirement has begun. So it was a good run. I'm very excited. I'm going to talk about it probably every week from here on out. So uh I'll just save everyone some time now, but yeah, I uh, say I'm excited, but it's it's a little sad. It's a bittersweet excitement. Yeah, yeah. it's the end of my run. It's the end of Ring Post Radio. It's fine. Wait, what? Well, <laughs> no, you can you can do a you can do a, a Terry Funk style retire. Um, like That's Terry true. Funk retired. Yeah, he retired in Japan, I think, in like 1982, mm-hmm. and then he proceeded to wrestle for 30 more years. So I think <laughs> I think he could do stuff like that. Just I uh, probably just could. Keep, yeah, just keep having retirement shows. Yeah, yeah the we'll beauty do, of wrestling is that I can come back at any time. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> yeah. do that that whatever that show is around 4:23. We'll have a uh, the start uh, the Scotty Last Love show, and then the next show will be the Scotty <laughs> Fight Forever show. 
uh, where it's yeah. the return show where he just keeps going. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mike, uh, obviously with these two announcements, that's, I think that's very exciting uh, matches to be mm-hmm. had. Are there any matches that you're very excited about or hoping to happen down the line with a mercedes Monet? Well, you know, personally, because I have a stake in this, uh, being that I have an Impact podcast, um, I, I think I, I would, you know, I would like to see the Mickey James thing just because I think that benefits my show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mickey James isn't even uh, like... Uh, like of all the matchups that she could have in impact or with impact stars, Mickey James would be a little bit down on that list for me. You know, I, I think I would like to see her versus Masha Slamovich and Jordan Grace and Deanna Prazo before I would like to see Mickey James. <laughs> um, but Mickey James is the biggest star in the promotion. So I think that's the one that you go with because that's what makes the most money. Um, you know, multiverse United makes a lot of sense there uh, because uh, you know, you got impact in new Japan doing a joint show um right now they don't really have like a marquee main event i know they have speedball and osprey and that's and that's great i don't think that's going to get you a ton of pay-per-view buys um as great as speedball is he's not really a money draw will osprey is but speedball you know not not really yeah um so i think that if you put you mickey some and other shows that week for him <laughs> yeah 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 he's going to be wrestling 15 times that day yeah. so um, but if you throw Mickey, if you throw Mickey and um, Sasha on that show, it, it could probably do a little bit better. But you're talking about a pay-per-view that airs on uh, 11 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday night during WrestleMania weekend. I don't think that does very well. So I could see you, you talked about the eighth against Azume Wright and the 23rd against Maya, Maya Iwatami. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Well, set right in between that a Sunday night date is Rebellion for Impact. Um, in Toronto, I, I think that uh, Mickey versus um, Mickey versus Mercedes uh, Monet, the main event in Toronto, probably one of the biggest uh, impact shows that we're going to have in a couple of years. Kenny Omega headlined uh, Rebellion a couple of years ago, so that's been kind of one of Impact's more marquee shows. I could see them doing that there. But but we'll see. So they, you know, Mickey's been teasing it. Scott Demore went so far to tease it. Um, Mercedes is the one that brought it up. So that's what's getting me to post all these videos talking about it because I get those clicks, baby. Um, it, it, no one loves hope more than Impact fans. Yeah. Um, and and <laughs> the uh, the unfortunate part them. about it. Um, talk about bittersweet, you know, Scott has to retire. The unfortunate part about it is the fact that it's even a probability means I have to eat shit on my own podcast because I said Impact ain't got a hope in hell of ever seeing Mercedes Monet on their airwaves <laughs> unless it's a commercial for New Japan. And uh, sure enough, she's teasing the match. I think it's a probability now at this point. Um, I, I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I I, I think that um, they could do it. Impact um, if if it's a match that they really want that they think is going to make them a lot of money, they have the resources to put it together because they are they are owned by a, a decent sized company. Even though they own small networks, they can they can absolutely put that together if they feel like they got they're going to get a return on, the, on investment. Which is why they were able to bring in Kenny Omega for those dates, and which is why yeah. they've negotiated with other big stars. So um, I could actually see this happening. Um, is it the 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 most exciting match that they could possibly make with her in Impact? No, but it's the biggest match. And it's not like you know she wasn't a proven draw in WWE, you know, before. But now that she's outside the system and with with you know the 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 potential that she'll show up at Wrestle Kingdom and then this actual show, uh, you mm-hmm. know, obviously we don't know the pay per view buys for that show, and I'm sure they're slightly down based on how you know how many people probably were upset about that 45 minute delay. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, we now know that she's outside WWE. She's also a draw. Uh, 
So it's going to come down to money. And I think you're right. I think Scott Demore, I think Mickey James, I think I'm sure other women in the roster would love to wrestle her as well. And I'm sure Mercedes wants to wrestle as well. So it's going to come down to money. If Impact can fork over the fork over the cash, fork over the Brinks truck for Mercedes, then go for it. She's going to draw, mm-hmm. so they know for a fact that if she draws, she's going to be bringing in more money for that. So I'm sure they can do <clears> something, <throat> some sort of deal there. Uh, and yeah, and if they can do, you know, if I was Mercedes, you just sell three matches to each of these companies uh, and just say, hey, I'll you know I'll wrestle and start on three matches. I'll go to Tokyo Joshi and wrestle three. I'll go to Impact and <clears> wrestle <throat> three. I'll go to AEW wrestle three or whatever. You know, I, why not? Just, you know, just work. <laughs> I yeah. Say that one. yeah, I know. <laughs> was, you know, just yeah. work and sort of, you know, all over the place. And it seems like I agree with you, Scotty, about that point of wanting to get out of a contract. She's been in the contract for so long. Yeah. She doesn't want to sign anything too long term for right now, especially with wanting to have TV and movie stuff lined up and to have that schedule yeah. open for that. Yeah. It, it, I think you're right. If just selling a couple matches here and there is what she's probably going to be doing. The reason I think she's going to get what she wants no matter what is because she got the um Azumi match mm-hmm. that that was not be a IWGP women's title match unless she asked for it yeah. i'll tell you that right now i think you know Azumi's 20 years old she's going to be a star but like she's not they have a prominent group of main event stars they could put in that spot at genesis and like that's a it's a very big deal that she got that match. So I think she's literally going out of her way to get the matches she wants. And as long as the money's there to meet with it, she will get everything that she wants because everyone's gonna say yes to a draw at the end yeah. of the day. As you should. That's what wrestling's all about, drawing money. Yeah. Um Mike, how are we doing on time? I think we I think we're good. Uh no, we are we're doing good until I hear a little pitter patter of a four year old girl. I think I think we're set. <laughs> Perfect. Then we'll, right, cool. then we'll move into the next, well, not really a news bit, so it's sort of just more of a discussion conversation here. Um, now that the Ring of Honor tapings are happening, uh, I was going to say as we speak, but uh, last night and tonight uh, at the time of recording, uh, and the television show is set to premiere, I believe this Thursday, um, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is back. Uh, what I sort of want to talk about, and Scotty also brought this up, sort of like hopes for Ring of Honor. Now that it's television and everything is coming back fully and now we're out of the pay-per-view cycle that was last year, what are we hoping for with Ring of Honor? Uh, What do we want to see? Are we wanting to see the full-on split between these two brands? Do we want to have a crossover of other stuff? You know, this crossover of New Japan is already seemingly happening. What are we hoping for um, with Ring of Honor? Mike, I'll start with you. What what I had hoped for was it to be kind of like what Cyber Agents doing with Noah and DDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro, they're they're the same company operating three different three different promotions independently of each other, and then coming together for super shows. I that was my hope. Based on the tapings that we got, we didn't we're not going to see that. Uh, and I don't want to really get into spoilers. I don't think you guys are doing that here. Yeah. But there, let's just say that there were actually several AEW contracted talent on Ring of Honor, and the upcoming pay per view is going to be headlined by a couple of AEW talent, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so it's not that. So that was my hope that it was going to be that, and I was hoping they would keep some of the old school Ring of Honor charm. But since they're doing it at the Orlando Soundstage, we're not getting that either, right? So th- we're, what we're getting is like TNA without the horseshit probably because it's on that soundstage. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, like a cross between 
TNA and NXT with our yeah. ROH's logo. Yeah. I think what we're actually going to get is a breeding ground for AEW to build their next crop of stars. Ring of Honor is going to be AEW's NXT. And I don't think that's a bad thing. That's just not what I wanted whenever they bought the promotion. Um, that's what I think we're going to, that's what I think we're getting. And based off of the tapings that we just heard about and some of the um, stuff that's been posted online already, that looks like that's what we're getting. Scotty, what are you hoping out of ring of honor? I think we are getting someone. I, I forget who tweeted this or said this. Maybe it was uh, Paul in the fight game media chat. Um, but he said that this is looking like NXT 2015 to 2018. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if that's the case, it's almost it's almost too good to be true for me because one, I loved NXT back then. So yeah, automatically it was I'm like yes. It was my it was my favorite show every single week, and, and all the premium live events never missed during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And if that's where they're going, then that's okay with me. Um, because then that way you have the mix, right? You have the mix of developing stars like a Billy Starks and who I'm not going to name other people that popped up on that show. Um, I just realized we're not trying to spoil people, but like you have the, um, the prospects and then you have the likes of a Claudio and Wheeler Yuta and like these guys that you see on the AW television that can come in and wrestle. So it's kind of like with NXT when they were bringing in indie stars, right? But they had a mixture. So like people would go up and you would have a new crop. I think that's kind of how you can work it with the AEW. Like stars part of it is like refresh every cycle, like between every pay-per-view cycle bring in you know swerve bring in keith lee the next time around you can bring in uh i don't know i can't think of anyone now but you you get my point <laughs> yeah, daniel garcia yeah. and guys like that you can just keep repeating it so that ring of honor always stays fresh while you do have that main crop of young guys and you know you, you're gonna have like mark briscoe on there all the time because he is ring of honor obviously but hopefully my goal for this show is that it does create interest and that maybe they can get a TV deal somewhere down the line, much like an NXT did. Yeah. I think the, the toughest thing that we don't know about is, you know, there's a lot of AEW contract that's already in there, but I don't know how their contract stuff is set up. Is yeah. it like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I know we saw the graphic for AEW, but is it, you know, is it actually a ring of honor contract? You know, we heard that when he was bringing in Claudio, that it was going to be a ring of honor sort of contract. And then it sort of became AEW. I think that's for me like the frustration part, but I totally agree with Scotty here that uh, I totally want like for the most part, a separate roster, right? I want to be looking at that roster page on ring of honors website and seeing a bunch of different names that, that aren't on AEW's roster page. But I totally agree that, uh, and I don't know if they ever have plans. I wouldn't be surprised if they have plans to do touring down the line, but I think if you're not doing touring, then we can keep it a smaller roster. We're just going to be selling these tickets to this Orlando crowd and it can work. And obviously with NXT, we know for years that it did work. Um, mm-hmm. But so I, does. but I think bringing in people, obviously having people like, like Mark Briscoe in there is going to be getting people better, but the way to ultimately get better is that, you know, these people can wrestle all the time and that's fine. And they'll get better from that. But for them to get, you know, reach that next level is you've got to bring in people from a uh, the AEW roster. We're almost saying that the AEW roster is going to be better, more experienced wrestlers. But in a way, I guess that's what we're kind of saying is that, you know, bringing people down from AEW to Ring of Honor to then be like, okay, let's bring in, you know, let's have... 
never going to happen. I doubt it's ever going to happen. But let's bring in like a John Moxley to, to face one guy on the Ring of Honor roster. I wouldn't shock me if that man no. showed up. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That, yeah, I, I I guess that's probably true. He probably he if anyone he probably show up. But maybe I was going to say Chris Jericho, but he was just the Ring of Honor World Champion. So maybe maybe anybody <laughs> who gives a shit. Uh, yeah. But bringing down one person uh, to come in wrestle a top guy in Ring of Honor top girl in ring of honor and then you know just a one-off match because ultimately what that's going to do is get them more experience to for to wrestle someone at that kind of level professional wrestling level and that is ultimately how you get people to become even better wrestlers is wrestling people better than you and that's just yeah. doing that over and over again you'll become more you know better and better so i think doing that i would love a separate roster but i cannot totally understand bringing people down every once in a while but i don't want it to be like completely mixed that I, I don't yeah. really want. That. Yeah, it's the type of yeah. place where Lance Archer, who can who isn't on TV for months at a time with AEW, can be mm-hmm. working. Right, mm-hmm. so it's the kind of thing like that. So I'm excited for it because Ring of Honor so far, pay per view wise under Tony Khan, has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, with those, you know, of course, the tag title matches with the Briscoes and FTR are main reason for that. But um, the more he gets to I think sink his teeth into this based off of some of the things I've seen from that show. It's already looking really good. And, and you're bringing in the likes of the new Japan side and, you know, maybe, maybe relationship impact can come back together. Of course, you know, that they've worked together um, slightly uh, over the past couple of months, not as much as they were once, but mm, yeah. working with everybody to help make ring of honor also better is not a bad thing. I'll add bringing in, bringing back in a ring of honor, old relationship with CMLL. Let's, let's restart that relationship again. I'll love to see some CMLL guys yeah. in here mixing it up. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought we might get that because CMLL is on the upswing again, right? They, they right. finally got their stuff together and it looked like the AAA relationship with AEW was dying, but they just brought in commander. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on because commander's the AAA guy. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I'm really hoping for. Do you fool them to think make them think Ring of Honor is a different brand? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think having Tony Khan come out and be like, I own this company now is gonna be a tough, tough get for that. That uh, yeah. was worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really but, hope I, I think down the line I would love to have them as some sort of TV deal. Um if they're going to have be a touring company, that was one of the arguments about like, you know, NXT, one of the tough parts about NXT is that once it became a touring company, then you needed like huge stars and no longer became a developed brand. You needed yeah. to sell tickets. Uh, yeah. If they're just staying in Orlando, then you don't have to worry about that. I saw someone also tweet out saying that like, what's great about it is staying in one area is like, and not having a TV deal is you're not worrying about ratings. You're not worrying right. about yeah. drawing tickets, drawing rating. You're just worried about, you know, putting on a good show selling a monthly subscription and that's it basically that's pretty yeah. much all you're, and, and making sure people get better which is someone good, good oh good Mike. sorry well and the good thing about that soundstage there as a guy who's kind of like uh i got really into jeff jarrett's podcast mm-hmm. and they're at like it's not the same exact stage but it's in the same area right yeah. you yeah. rent that out uh monthly basis that's yours you can run as many events as you want there so them staying there in Orlando makes them much more financially viable while they don't have a TV deal, right? right. Uh, so they're 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 trying to get they're like, you know, this is a paid subscription model for them to be able to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going to get a ton of money. So it doesn't make any sense 
for them to be touring right now because touring for them is not going to be financially viable without a TV deal because you're probably going to get to sell a couple hundred tickets in all these little markets. Ring of Honor wasn't really was never really a big ticket mover. The name Ring of Honor is not a big ticket mover at all. That's why my idea was for them just to do Rampage live every Friday nights and record Ring of Honor before Rampage came on the air. But they're just going to stick there in Orlando, uh, which I think is business wise is a smart move. It's not what I wanted, but I it it is a smart play. Yeah. Uh, what I was just going to say was as someone that's been to one of those NXT tapings when they were used to be in a uh, full sale, it like, I think if you stay in one location, it works because then you create like a rabid fan base that wants yeah. to be there each time you do recordings. And that's why these shows feel lively. Right. You know, I think that's very important for any wrestling show is that you have a great crowd. So if yeah. that's what you can develop here with Ring of Honor while you stick in Universal and wait to, you know, kind of make more money elsewhere, it's not a bad, it's not a bad gig for them. And, uh, you know, it, if you look back at old like TNA clips, they had a rabbit fan base for a long time there too. So it's oh, yeah. like, it works. It's just a matter yeah. of being consistent. And and giving, and giving that fan base what they want. And that's yes. what happened with TNA. They died. Well, a lot of reasons why they died, but the crowds died because they're putting out crappy TV, right? Yeah. It was it wasn't because they burnt out the crowd. That wasn't it. They just kept giving them bad wrestling. Yeah. And so they quit showing up, and the people that did show up were just you know drunks playing on their phones. That was it. <laughs> or someone that was at the park that day. I was like, oh, there's a taping. Oh, All right. A free, yeah. A free <laughs> ticket. Yeah. Sure. I'll go do this for <laughs> yep. free. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope for the best for Ring of Honor. And I, I, I'm excited to see their TV show uh, re air, not re air, restart uh, this Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what happens there. But let's talk about uh, one of the reasons why we brought Matt, Mike on here. Uh, let's talk about Impact Wrestling's No Surrender uh, took place uh, <laughs> last Friday night um, down in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I don't have a attendance here, but you know, can I just like like pretty good off perfectly? Yeah, go for it. My favorite match at Impact this week happened on their television show and not (laughs) special. So I feel like that was kind of, and there were some good matches on the the, uh, No Surrender. It's just like, I'm used to like saying, oh, that was one of the best Impact matches of the year. And I mean, the main event might have still been that, but. I want I, I want to get back to that. I'm sure they will. They have some good stuff coming up, so not worried. Yeah, yeah. I for me it was sort of like I, I I see. I feel like I'm a little bit higher on the show than you guys were. I I thought it You're was a like Bully a, Ray guy. What can you a say? Big, big Bully Ray, <laughs> big David Lagreca guy. Uh, whatever his name is. Uh, big 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 fan. No, uh, I was sort of like there were matches where I was into and I liked. There were matches I weren't into, but overall I thought it was like fine. Like, it was certainly, like, disappointing based on the card because I thought the card was going to be better. Mm -hmm. But that's my own expectations. I think what I got, I thought I was fine with. It wasn't as good. Totally not as good as the trend that they've been on lately. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like, uh, I didn't didn't think this was the worst show of all time. I think this was, like, fine, (laughs) serviceable, good, you know, some solid matches on here. I'll take it and I'll call it a day and I'll move on. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is. When you're in a position that impacts in serviceable is not good for you, right? Great they, point. they have to That's be they have to be consistently blow away on these premium events. And I knew going into it that there were gonna be two things that really stuck out like a sore thumb, and that was Kazarian versus Big Khan. Yep. Um, which actually <laughs> ended up like okay, it wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible because Kazarian no. could still work, right? Yes. Um, and then of course the bully ray and tummy dreamer segment. And that was among the worst segments in history. Yeah. I got these 
I got these two fucking idiots talk, you know, talking shit about each other's moms, you know, and like and like they're pretending to cry. Now, I will say Bully Ray is a good performer, right? Sure. Like he he can he can act. He's a good actor. He's a good performer. Um, Tommy Dreamer might as well be in community theater, like at the the local you know community center. Like his his performance was just terrible. This guy's phoning it in. Like Bully Ray can at least act. Like I I think the you know if if I think Bully Ray could get cast as like background guy in TV shows. Actually, he was on The Sopranos back in the day, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought while Bully Ray had, you know had a strong performance, the content of it was among the worst things I've ever seen. And it was just a big waste of time. They could have just done that on the weekly show, yeah. right? Like when I want these premium live events, I I want to see badass wrestling, and that's what they've been giving me consistently for well over a year now. And that's why I I encouraged like, hey, look, there's two segments on here that I think aren't going to be good, but you got all this other stuff that I think is going to be great. Unfortunately, what happened is is the other stuff wasn't good enough to outweigh that yeah. bad stuff. That's and that's what we got here. I thought Swan and, and Alexander had an incredible match, yep. but you know, the crowd got killed, you know, by that segment. <laughs> so you really had to go above and beyond to get them back. I felt like they did get the crowd in the, like the last 10 minutes of the match, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't good enough to outweigh the bad. And it was honestly, you know, as far as Alexander's pay-per-view uh, match performances as the title, as the champion, I, I put that last on the list there. It was better than some of his TV uh, main event. It was better than Bobby Fish. I I, I didn't really the sixty minute match of Speedball Bailey wasn't honestly one of my favorite Josh Alexander matches. Same. I put that this one above Same. that one, um, but you know I, I felt like that was uh, last on the list there. And then uh, but the trios match with the Bullet Club and uh, Time Machines I thought was really good. Um, Masha, Masha and Mickey James under delivered I thought. Um, and it's just because I really think that Bully and Tommy killed the crowd and they couldn't get it back. You know, this, I don't know if this is a controversial take in any way, but Bully in Impact and having this sort of focus and sort of using Bully to draw in busted open radio fans has mm-hmm. like a weird sort of like, you know, like NWA pushing Tyrus thing where it's like, we're trying to bring in Fox <laughs> News. We're trying to bring in Fox News fans to watch this promotion. Uh. So we're going to use, you know, that sort of like way. It's like he's only getting pushed because he has fans from the outside to to get that. And, you know, I think I agree. I think Bully Ray at moments can be compelling. I think Bully Ray at moments yeah. can be good. But he uh, he smells his own farts so much. <laughs> and it's so frustrating to watch sometimes for this guy because it, it's, yeah. it is like a 30 minute segment. that's like this thing could have been cut so in half and would have been at least better. Um, you know, angles sometimes he does like, oh yeah, he's drawing heat, but it just lasts way too long. Uh, and yeah, yeah it's just a situation with this guy. Uh, but I, you know, I get, you know, we're trying to sell some tickets. We're trying to use Bully Ray to sell some tickets, which is weird in 2023, but you know, it is what it is. Well, uh, I'd, I'd like to see some evidence that that's working. And I, I agree. I, I agree. T- hey, for impact ticket sales are up, right? Mm-hmm. They, they sold out both nights in Vegas so far and they're getting ready to do a third night. So we'll see if they sell out again. But they sold uh, out in, they, in Atlanta. They sold, they sold. I know they sold out. Yeah, they, they sold out the first night in Atlanta. I think uh, the second night didn't sell out, but it, it was close, right? Mm-hmm. So they're doing. But television ratings are in the toilet. They're they're being outdrawn by MLW at this point. So I I'm like I I want to see some evidence that all this is working, and I'm just right. not seeing it. Um, but Bully Ray can be good in doses. 
Bully Ray, what he has over Tyrus is he obviously much better in the ring, much better promo. Yes. And he's actually and a legendary move. figure in pro wrestling. And he yeah. at one point was a draw in this promotion, yeah. especially as champion in, in 2013. Mm-hmm. People can say what they want about TNA in 2013. That was probably their last like year where they were putting out some actual compelling television. Mm-hmm. And it was centered around him uh, as the world champion. And they would actually draw houses of over 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but ever since then it's been dead. So like, so he does have like a history and I, so it's like, Hey, you got him on busted open. So they like that part, yeah. but then you also got like, Hey, at one point in time, 10 years ago, this guy was a draw. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's see if we can go back to that. Well, again, I just haven't seen any evidence that it works. You're telling me Tyrus and his dancing, the Funkasaurus wasn't a draw. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm telling that that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I can't stand that guy. Okay, let's let's walk through this pay per view a little bit. We'll start off with the main event just because that's the the maybe the big talking point there. Speedball versus Jonathan. Oh, no, that was we'll get to that. I was shocked and amazed that, that was on countdown. Uh, did not realize well because it was on thirty there. minutes were dedicated to Bully Ray. Yes, so. that's probably what it yeah. was. But uh, the main event here, of course, Josh Alexander, Rich Swan. We sort of talked about it a little bit already, but Impact World Title match here. Uh, Scotty, what did you think of this main event? A good professional wrestling match, mm-hmm. but yeah, I see a good professional wrestling match a lot these days, so like, I mm-hmm. guess it didn't stand out as much as I hope, yeah. And I think that's kind of like unfortunately the theme of Rich Swan since he lost the Impact World title to Kenny Omega. Is like I remember before that he was like red hot. Of course, he's champion, obviously, but like he was having some great, great matches. And then he lost to Kenny. In you know, some people could say that match didn't reach the ultimate level that you'd expect. But you know, Kenny was broken down by then, and you know, it was a big spot for Rich. A lot of eyes on him. Uh, so like when I see Rich Swan now, it's like all right, I, I know what to expect. Yeah, um, it's still a really good main event this is exactly what you want from a show Mm -hmm. but i think mike perfectly hit it. it's like probably one of the lower josh alexander matches at least in the title reign alone um because it just didn't i don't know it didn't have that spark for me i think that's kind of what i look for like i probably i don't know about the bully ray match because there was a lot of stuff going on there but i did enjoy that one and maybe yeah. that's because it was just so crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. comparably, I think that's probably why I preferred that over this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I preferred the the TLC match with Bully Ray, too. Um, and that's because it was just so chaotic. Um, yeah. Plus, I wasn't it, expecting Bully Ray to be that that opens just that many bumps that many like the guy i was like i was like what is bully ray what are you doing man what are you crazy? <laughs> hey look we could say what we want about him man but you know when his balls are on the line the guy can can, can put out he delivers like, at least in a in a chaos match right yeah. he can he can go he can go still so um yeah i i, I prefer that over it um look i i think the the problem that rich faces is that when he had his biggest moment in pro wrestling which was that match against kenny omega um he he came up short and i'm not talking about kayfabe wise losing the match yeah he gassed out about eight minutes into that match and he could never recover yeah. and kenny omega was having a wrestling match by himself for yes. a while and he, he came up he, he came he came up short and then ever since then he's been kind of like an opening match slash pre-show guy slash Tag we'll throw we'll throw sort of rich in here because he can get the crowd dancing mm-hmm. you know he's just kind of one of those underneath dancing baby faces and at the beginning of the year they were trying to springboard him into like hey let's give rich another shot and i i 
I do feel that Rich is the reason why this match ended up being good because Josh at one point flipped the script and started working heel. Mm -hmm. And then Rich mm -hmm. does what Rich can do better than just about anybody else. He is like, I don't know how um, you guys are quite a bit younger than me, but he's very much a Ricky Morton style babyface yes. where he can take a beating and then eventually get the crowd into it. Yes. And I think that's what took the crowd so long is like eventually they turned on Josh and they got fully behind Rich. And that's why the last 10 minutes of that match was so good yes. is they were giving us hope that Rich could overcome the odds of this bully Josh Alexander. And then the match ended up being very good. Um, yeah. And so, but it just took a, such a long time to get there. It was like watching a fucking Jay White match in New Japan, where it's like the first 15 minutes or nothing. And then finally you get into it, right? And then finally he hooks you. And I, I felt like that's what this was. But um, I had just seen way better matches um, with uh, Josh. That was a great point. That pivot into work, you know, they really, they were kind of just coming into this match as face face, but more of establishing yeah. as a face heel into it. You're completely right. When If it came in, if they set that up earlier, then the match would have worked, I think, better. But doing it too late, that's when they finally were able to get the crowd in because, like you said, Rich Swan is able to have that crowd connection. But it came way too late because the crowd didn't really know who to root for. Once they figured it out, then they were on board. Uh, and I think you had yeah. to, with someone like Rich Swan, you have to draw a line in the sand. You have to say, this is who we're rooting for. You know, we can root for Rich Swan because Kenny Omega is the outsider. We can root for Rich Swan because Eric Young is this monstrous villain guy. You know, we can, mm -hmm. you know, but having Josh Alexander, who is the only the heel because he's the bigger dude, ultimately, uh, it, it, you need to establish that earlier on in the match. I totally agree. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think I, I thought this match was pretty good. Uh, but it's definitely like not at like the typical lever, not like Ishii, not at Eddie Edwards, you know, not not something like that. Uh, great. I love match. that Eddie Edwards match. Yeah, that Eddie Edwards. Yeah, me too. Josh, Josh's like baseline for his main events have been like four and a half stars, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going off that five star scale, they're like four and a half. This was probably a four. And a four star match is still pretty good, yeah. right? But yeah. you're getting, you're getting. I think we had two four star matches on Thursday night uh, for Impact, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, like, you, you got like be better said, than that. My favorite match of the week came on Impact TV. So yeah, again, <laughs> I I can't push that enough. But yeah, this was uh, it was a good main event. Um, mm -hmm. Scotty, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go back to the top of the card, or do you want to just go to the semi main event? Yeah, you know what? I'll you know, let me let me do it because I uh, admittedly was not going to watch the Bully Ray segment, so Fair I think enough. by default I skipped way too much because I was enough. like, cause I kept like <laughs> going through the fight feed. I was like, this is still happening. This is still happening. So I just jumped ahead. I was like, all right, that's yeah. enough. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so we'll start, I guess, on countdown. Sure. To no surrender. Did anyone watch Giselle Shaw versus? The Ada Peraza. Yes, I watched uh, both I, of the countdown matches. Yeah, I, I I watched everything. Yeah. All right. So Giselle Shaw defeating Diana Peraza. How about that? Uh, was it good? Mike, what is your um, radar on Diana potentially leaving this company? I I think I think that she's on the way out. They did pick up her option, so she's here till the end of the year. I think they need to just let her go. Yeah. I I think they need to call up AEW and be like, hey, look. We, we're not going to be able to keep her past the end of this year. It's like kind of like a sports thing where like, Hey, you know, you're not going to be able to resign somebody, but you got a little bit of time left on the contract. So you trade them into another team and, and try to get yeah. something in return. But look, they, they AEW did them a solid by just kind of letting them have Kazarian. Yeah. I think you call up AEW and you do what's best for Deanna here, who has done a lot of 
great things in this promotion and carried the women's division for almost two years. Mm-hmm. I, I think you call up AEW and play, hey, you guys want Deanna? Look, go ahead and take her, right? Yeah. Um, and do do what's best for her because she's on the pre-show. And look, you know, when Mike Mike Gilbert's philosophy, when you lose a match because of major outside interference from a monster, um, I, I don't think that is making you look bad. But she lost a match on the pre-show. Um, and they were fighting over uh, throwing bowls of chili. So I, I think this is all pretty much beneath uh, Diana. Um, although I am a big fan of Giselle Shaw, I think Giselle Shaw is really good. Um, yeah, I'm and glad. I, I'm I think glad it looks loss, like they're trying to. I'm glad the loss went to Giselle. Yeah. You know, or the, the, yeah. the win went to Giselle in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Diana's clearly on her way out here. When, when that is, I don't know. Yeah, same. I I don't know when she's heading out, but th- watching someone in the count, someone of her caliber in the opening segment of the first match of the show and the opening countdown segment of the show losing and yes losing because of outside interference from savannah evans but still losing uh not a not a great look for someone like diana and that was frustrating to watch for me but i like that it went to giselle because giselle shaw i think has something i think she's good i they're obviously built pushing her uh well i think and they're you know building a lot of people around her as well at this point giving her a nice little faction there um so yeah no i i wish i totally agree i wish they can you know pass diana off to someone else this is the kind of moment in diana's you know back like back in the days this is like when someone would leave the territories like okay i had a good run worked really well but you know she before this even she was starting to lose a lot of steam uh and it's like okay now let's okay now's a good time to head off into a different direction what that direction is i have no idea it is in their defense, look, everybody put Deanna over for two years, and now she's yeah. putting everybody else over. She's right. kind of repaying it back. I think I think Giselle is like that last person she should put over, and I think they should just let her go. I completely agree. Because who else? Who else? Are we gonna, Alicia Edwards? Uh, who else are we going to put in? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure she'll have a, like a loser leaves town match. Eh, to leave. Well, Scott, this is Impact we're talking about. They might fucking kill her ass. They <laughs> they might they might like have Rosemary her suck her out. into hell and chop her goddamn head off. Like a lot of things can happen here. This is you got true. me there. This is true. <laughs> you got me there. Uh, all right, next up, uh, Jonathan Gresham defeating Speedball Mike Bailey. I I am still upset. This is a countdown. I, I was countdown. fully shocked that this was on Countdown. I didn't. I'm not I, see if it got switched to Countdown or something, or if it was always booked for that. But I was like, why is this match here? It, it was always booked for that. It was actually like they booked the match on Impact's pre-show. Like so, like uh, they they were doing it on BTI. Oh, That's so how the match got it. made. Oh, you're right. It was on BTI, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Jonathan Gresham won a match on BTI. Challenged Speedball next week. Speedball wins a match on BTI. Challenged Gresham, and then they have a match on the pre-show. So I I, I think this was Impact like classic TNA throwing the X Division guys on the pre-show to get people excited and amped up to to get to to buy the pay-per-view right or to to pay for the subscription service which makes sense i I understand that i i'm i'm i was i was okay with this being on the pre-show because me personally i was gonna watch everything anyway Mm -hmm. um so what you know you know what i mean so like where it's being placed isn't really all that important to me sure the the prop the problem so it's like hey they're giving me the match anyway i was already planning on getting it but if you weren't planning on getting no surrender and this was maybe one of the reasons why you could would get it but now you're getting it for free you might not get the pay-per-view i don't know how that math works i don't know how many of those people there were i had one person tweet me that was really pissed off about it my friend dj convoy on twitter he's like well shit 
Um, he goes, I'm getting this for free, but now I got to pay for bully. This is bullshit. I'm like, Hey, I totally get it. But I, <laughs> me personally, I was planning on getting everything anyway. Yeah. The only thing that I didn't like about it being on the pre-show is that I typically like to skip the pre-show yeah. and this, <laughs> this prevented me from skipping the pre-show. And honestly, this was my match of the night. I thought this match was awesome. I wish they would have went 25 minutes. I get the feeling we're going to see this match again here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and I wish this was on the pay-per-view 25 minutes in a, in a prime spot. If it would have opened the actual pay-per-view, I think that would have been a lot better. Like they should have had uh, Kazarian and uh, big con big dummy open the show while people are walking in. Cause nobody cares about that. I would have went Deanna Prazo and Giselle Shaw the la- the main event of the pre-show yep. and then i'd immediately kicked off the pay-per-view with speedball and gresham they would have gotten mm-hmm. the crowd and then maybe they would have had a better night i, I don't know because uh, you still had the bully segment later in the show i'd have cut the fucking bully segment altogether but that's they they weren't doing that for some reason so that's how i'd have done it but this was my match of the night um i kind of i kind of saw gresham getting the victory here because he lost to eddie edwards at hard to kill mm-hmm. mike bailey is kind of like their lovable baby face and he wins and loses every time right so yeah. he, he's not really going to be the guy here in impact he just doesn't have the charisma to tell this type of stories that they want him to tell so he's the guy that has really good matches and that's fine. That's what he is in this promotion. And uh, Jonathan Gresham is probably a guy that they're going to be pushing towards getting an X division title shot. You know, speedball reminds me of Chris Saban back in the day. Yeah. Like I think Chris Saban's more charismatic now, but like yeah. back, back when he was like, you know, X division champion, all that stuff. I was like, this guy, you know, speedball's kind of in that spot where, you know, Chris Saban went on to get that, you know, token world title reign that didn't last all that long, um, which saddens me because I love Chris Saban. But I, I was I was thinking about that when I saw this. I was like, you know, that's not a bad spot for him. Um, I mean, you you don't have the Motor City Machine Guns to lean on after, but, you know, that's okay. If you yeah. can take the charisma of Rich Swan and put it into a wrestler like Mike <laughs> Bailey, you got mm-hmm. you got a world champion right there, baby. That's what you got. Yep. But it, it's yeah, I agree. It, it's just he, he's not like a charisma vacuum. He's not like completely nothing. But it's just his no. charisma is just like awkward and sort of like quirky, weird sort of thing. So it just it doesn't translate well into wrestling. Uh, no, and when when he's cutting an angry promo, he kind of sounds like a pussy. Like it's like I don't think this guy <laughs> can beat anybody up. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he's the type of guy that I present as like, oh, he should probably be wrestling in like japan or something because he's really good in ring and you know he doesn't have to back it up with all the charisma in the world obviously charisma brings you a long way yeah no matter where you are in wrestling but uh say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill um, I think he would, you know, fit that better. But good for him, you know. He's still, yeah. he's part of the reason I watch him back. So, that, yeah. I guess it's working. Totally. Agree. Uh, totally next, agree. next up, Frankie Kazarian defeated Big Con. Match of the night, <laughs> baby! Yeah, 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 Big Con. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kudos to. Kudos to Kazarian for carrying Big Con to a passable wrestling match. Passable, yeah. Yeah. but uh, completely uninteresting. Should not have been on the show. Um, TV yeah. match. I don't they pay TV Big match. Con. I I I I I don't know, man. Um, 
You know, Big Con looks like he stormed the Capitol on January 6th to me. I don't know. <laughs> I might be wrong about that one, but uh, he just seems like that guy. So maybe they pay him like MAGA bucks or something. I don't know. <laughs> Big Con is 100% the TV match. The pay-per-view match should have been like Alan Angels, who's like a guy that could work well, well with Frankie Gazarian and work well in terms of his style. I I would have I would have done Callahan. That's what I that's where I would have went. Because they're doing because they have the they have the design um the design storyline going on. Yeah, they want Callahan to prove something. He wrestled Callahan. He's wrestling Callahan tonight at the tapings. I would have just done it here instead of the taping, yeah. but it is what it is. And I also get like this what this match you know it was fine over what it was, but it was also like meant to be a story to further the idea of like. Right. Oh, Callahan, he hit Khan in the head of a chair. Oh, is is it on purpose? Was it on accident? You know, uh, what's going to happen? And, and you know, they're they're pushing so that story of like, yeah. you know, is he fully along of the design or is he still like, oh, I'm 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 trying to ruin it from within, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so bad. Uh the Death Dolls successfully defended their titles against the Hex, which shocked me personally. So yeah, I, was, I thought this was a good time to just give the belts to the Hex. I felt like the Hex were a good add to this division. So, joke's on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I agree. Um, look, I I I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the biggest fan of the Hex, but when they came into the me promotion, either. I'm not. When they not came into the promotion, uh, really, the they plussed up the tag team division here by a hundred percent. So um, we went from having one team to two teams. And <laughs> if they, if the hex won, then that would give us more reason to watch more tag team wrestling, but they didn't win. So now I don't know. They're just going to keep wrestling each other. Um, I, I don't know. I know they're not signed here. So yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's the thing. They couldn't get them on any for more, any for any more dates. So they were just came into job. So. Well, yeah, I'm sure they're so busy with the yeah. um, NWA. Yeah, maybe with, with their next maybe show that is in not currently an arena and not a confirmed date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've announced yeah, the show, like the but we don't know when it is or where it is. We just I'm know it's big in this Death area. Dolls guy, I'm not a big Ty Valkyrie guy, so it's like really, really. I I've always I've always liked her. Um, I liked her original run in Impact. Me, me too, me too. Um, I I would say she had the. I thought her match last year with Diana Prazo was real good on pay per view. Um, but uh, you're probably yeah. right. Everything since then has been, yeah, everything since then has been a bit uninspiring because she's just been kind of in the tag team. But um, yeah, I, I think I think the act is is fun as long as they stay away from spooky. She she touched WWE, so for me it's like okay, now it's like you're probably an autopilot for most of the rest yeah. of your career, unfortunately, which stinks. I mean, you you know, you guys have talked about this, but like Johnny, whatever we want to call him, Nitro. Uh, Johnny, what the hell is Johnny his name? Mundo? I have no idea what his name is. He, 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 he was Johnny. He was Johnny Impact when he was here. Yeah. When he like, was champion. why is he not here? What is he doing? What that's so MLW. Important. He's doing MLW. He's, oh my guy. He's on real yeah. TV. That's yeah. Well, maybe he made the right choice then. <laughs> and I don't know I how to know. watch got MLW. Me. I don't have reels, and I have no way of watching MLW now. <laughs> Which, that's uh, that is so no. frustrating that that show is not on demand anywhere. No, uh, by the way, I'm no. Like, <laughs> oh, they took it off everything. It, yeah, Fusion yeah. was on pro wrestling TV, but once they went onto reels, nothing has gone on pro wrestling TV. I don't know if they're planning on putting it like um, you know later or something like it's on a yeah. month delay or something to pro wrestling TV, but it, nothing has shown up yet, and it's like yeah, all that, right, well, I have no way of watching this company anymore. 
Yeah, and honestly, um, unfortunately for them, and I can't say much about it. It's not looking good for these guys, and I, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, not, not looking good for these guys. I think we'll probably find out here the next couple weeks or so why. Yeah, MLW, uh, they are lumped in with NWA of companies. I don't go out of my way to see. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. which it's not. I'm not saying they are NWA, but I, I don't care for them well the, what they're missing is tyrus is that's really what mlw needs is some sort of tyrus figure, which i guess the real one it. real ones real there's something about real one that i if they really push him to the moon maybe i can't believe you it. just called him real one i understand that's his wrestling name but he's enzo amore for I know, his I know. entire yeah. life let's do next uh, match next match. We, as you can tell we have no interest talking about this tag match let's move on to the next one yeah uh, impact digital media title dot combat match i uh i uh I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I couldn't get myself to watch it, <laughs> Mike. Mike, do you? Yeah. I need to know this because I infamously don't enjoy Joe Hendry. Do, what can you? If you like Joe Hendry, can you talk me into the guy? Because I currently don't believe in Joe Hendry. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it's like Santa Claus, right? If you believe, you just believe. <laughs> and I am a believer, sir. Joe Hendry cracks me up. That that shit that he did with Matt Cardota a couple weeks ago yeah, with the uh, with Edge's bitch was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I you know what uh, the people are behind him. Um, I like him. I didn't really care for this match. Although for some reason when Moose started dancing with the virtual reality headset on, I started laughing real hard. Yeah. And I was embarrassed of myself. I was embarrassed that I was laughing so hard at that. Same. Um, I'm not proud of it, but uh, I I did I did laugh. I didn't think the match was particularly any good. Uh, honestly, at Hard to Kill, I thought they had a pretty good match. Right? It was a it was a WWE style like heavyweight match, uh, but that's kind of what you get out of Joe Hendry. So he's like you could tell that he grew up watching WWE with a lot of stuff he does. Even though he's like a legit real life shooter and a prior MMA fighter, he kind of likes to just do. To yeah, he kind of you know you could tell he studied like Randy Orton and those guys, and so um and that's that's what he does. I if Impact wants to make him a top guy, they should really kind of cut back on his Toro Yano stick, right? Yeah. Like because that that's what this this was very much a Toro Yano. Like he got that tiny little like remote control race car and tried to hit Moose with it, right? It was just like very much what you would see Yano do in his mixed tag matches, right? So um they 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 might want to ease off a bit, but I, I I do like Joe Hendry. The reason I don't believe in Joe Hendry is because I've seen so many Joe Hendry matches that, in my opinion, stink ass. I don't like him. <laughs> yes. I don't like him wrestling. I I didn't like the Atlanta it's a match. Character. I that's part of my character. I didn't like the Atlanta match. I didn't like this match. I thought it was you very just don't like Joe Hendry. I just yeah. I don't like Joe Hendry. <laughs> just... I'm just not a believer, bro. I'm not a believer. I thought Moose <laughs> in this match. I think I think Moose is great. I've come out of these matches and be like Moose, Moose is, is awesome. great. Um, I just don't. Yeah. I just don't enjoy Joe Hendry, and I cannot get into the guy. I totally agree. He is a he is a WWE wrestler because mm-hmm. what I what I because the best thing I see out of this guy is his outside the ring stuff. And as soon as he gets in the ring, I'm no longer interested. He would do wonders in WWE. So Karen Cross. He, he the next Karen Cross. <laughs> then, you, then, then you ring the bell. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I prefer Joe Hendry much more than Karen Cross. I take yeah. that back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just I just can't get into it. I feel like if he went to WWE, I fear he would also have like an EC3 thing where it's like mm-hmm. he, he feels like he'd be perfect for WWE, and then they just won't use him properly. 
Well, like, I, EC3 came into the promotion. His strongest, the strongest thing about EC3 is his promos, and they didn't let him cut promos. Yeah. Well, that's and, that's just and now WWE and now he's controlling fine. his narrative in NWA. <laughs> that's just WWE's impact. Finest. Really dodged a bullet with that one. You know, Ooh, they brought him in man. first, right? And then oh, you yeah. know, they, thankfully dude, he walked away. No, they they brought him in and he shit the bed. Uh, and then oh, he went to Ring of Honor. I yeah, I really think they had an opportunity to sign him, and I think that they brought him in on a short term deal, and then realized he he wasn't good. Dude, and uh, they Ring of Honor? Ring, Impact, and then Ring of Honor brought him in, and then it took them a like, what, a year to figure out that he wasn't actually. good. Yeah, yeah, it's two. You know, he was there for two years, right? Yeah, he was yeah. there for two years in Ring of Honor and didn't do anything of note. No. It literally took them shutting down for yeah. EC three to not have a contract there anymore, which is bad. Uh, but yeah. we move on. Impact World Title number one contenders match. Steve Macklin, finally, yes, baby, gets yes. the win, uh, defeating Brian Myers, Heath, and PCO. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a long time. Like I listened <laughs> yeah. to Brace for Impact, so I know you have been too. And Rebellion, like Rebellion, feels like a big major show. They've been they've been slowly making Rebellion bigger and bigger over the years. I don't know. If well, they started with yeah. Kenny, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, so it started. It started the year before because okay. they've been working out of the the Rebel Nightclub in Toronto. Right. And I don't know if you guys have seen the the shows they've done from there. Yes. Um, but the 20, 2019 uh, Rebellion which is where they had Gale versus Tessa. Like oh, right. it just really, really incredible venue. And they've been trying to make that kind of a landmark show for them every year. So um, yeah. Then the following year they had the Kenny last year was, was mo- the, the, the Moose and Josh Alexander finale. They built that one for like eight months. So, mm-hmm. um, and then now we're finally, they've been trying to build Macklin since I would say last summer and we're finally getting it. And this can be the big, uh, the big moment for Macklin. And uh, I'm super excited about it. I didn't think the match was particularly very good. And I didn't think that they made Macklin look as strong as he could have. Um, honestly, um, PCO was the original visual winner, but Eddie Edwards screwed him, which, you know, which is okay, but they should have really had Macklin stack up yeah. Heath and Myers and bloody those bastards up and uh, stand tall. If they want me to believe that he has a shot to win this title at rebellion. What makes me frustrated about impacts booking sometimes is that Macklin felt like he, I know what they were doing for the story, but the momentum of Macklin uh, really like capped off for me like a couple months ago. And then we stretch out the story of like, Oh, mm. impact management won't allow me to be number one contender, even though I've proved it. And it's like, yeah, you did prove it, and you've sort of just been like, we're spinning the wheels on Macklin, and now that we're finally getting here, which to get to Rebellion, or or you know, probably, I don't know if you'll win there, but probably maybe they'll turn into a Bound for Glory show or something, or whatever, the Slammiversary, whatever their summer show is, I forget it is. Uh, uh, you know, do that down the line, but it's like, we've been, we've been spinning the wheels on Macklin for so long, and I get that that's part of the yeah. story. But to me, he's been losing. He lost a little momentum. He didn't gain a lot of it in this match because, like you said, PCO kind of got more momentum coming out of this match and a big feud with Eddie Edwards coming out of this match. I agree. Stacking yeah. Myers and Heath, we're not doing anything with Heath and Myers right now. They're like basically tag no. team guys in this company. We're not doing anything with these guys right now. Stack them up. Make a definitive win. Definitive cha- you know, challenger with Macklin. And you know, let's do something with this guy. I, I, I want to push yeah. this guy some more, but we're—I don't know. I, I'm not—I'm not super excited for the Macklin Alexander match. I know in my head that the match is going to be good, but my heart is like, I, we need—we need something. Give me put—we yeah. need some more oomph well, into this match. 
I think the reason that they did it right is because now they have months to build to the baby. Yeah, that's probably instead. true. That's probably yeah. a good point. <clears throat> you can yeah. you can get him like destroying some people along the way, or at least you should. Um, they, but they need to get that momentum back on Macklin. Well, yeah, they yeah, got, you they hope got time so. to do it. Well, and and I think that they will do some pretty strong video packages to kind of get us interested. But I would like to see him beat some asses on the way there, though. Yes, he needs to. Steve Macklin's a crazy like character because i just want to cheer for him and like he's supposed to be a heel i'm like i don't know everything about you tells me like you know yeah you were kind of a nobody in wwe and you made yourself an impact and you're a military guy like everything's helping him and then it's like but he's a heel despite not getting his shot at the title for the longest time Mm-hmm. it's so weird well he's but, like you know he's he's doing the punisher gimmick so he's like at times yeah. he's a heel at times he's an anti he, anti-heel that's true. i was gonna say yeah uh, <laughs> anti-hero yeah. yeah 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 i like him though i i hope Me. the best for him i'm just happy he finally has a shot on a pay-per-view not a impact special specifically yep. mm-hmm. i think that's important um bullet clubs ace austin chris bay and kenta defeated time machine alex shelley chris saban kushida this was my favorite match of the night and maybe it's because i love more city machine guns maybe it's because i am a new japan fan oh <laughs> maybe it's because i love ace austin chris bay but you know what that's all okay yeah. because <laughs> it was a great time it was exactly what yeah. i hoped it for to be i mean i didn't get i didn't get you know noah kenta like i like that you know squeaks out once in a while yeah. but uh Overall, I, I I love watching the Motor City Machine Guns work, and I also learned that Kushida has wrestled more matches in Impact this year than New Japan, which is hilarious. <laughs> I I think I think Kushida full time is a strong statement, but I think we're going to see Kushida and Impact pretty much almost yeah. every time going forward because he's based out of uh, he's based out of the states now because he's taken over for Shibata yeah. there at the uh, right. at the dojo so. Um, yeah, so I think we're going to see a lot more of Kushida here at Impact. And and plus, you know, Kushida is a Scott Demore, tra- not really a trainee, but a Scott Demore guy. Like Demore mm-hmm. brought him in on excursion into the States and, uh, was, you know, helped uh, train him a little bit. So he's got some loyalty there. So um, Kushida, Kushida is going to be an impact going forward. And I, I loved this match, by the way. Yes. Um, I, I just, I think I had it, I had the speedball Gresham match slightly above it, but, um, that was just slight, like you, you telling me this is, you like this one better. It makes sense to me too. Um, cause I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I love seeing Kenta here. We're not going to ever get Noah Kenta again. We got to like, and, I, and we discussed that on our show. We got to get that out of our heads. He's never coming back. That guy's a ghost. What we're but gonna I know get he is... exists in there. That's the problem. <laughs> I see it yeah. every time he shows up in Noah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. But you know he's he's here representing New Japan. We're gonna get you know uh, Gato's uh, vision of Kenta, um, and which is he doesn't do as much, and he eventually some sometimes he kicks the shit out of people. So we're gonna get a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think it was like Voice of Wrestling talked about this that like the thing about like Kenta is that his wrestling mind is like at an all time high, and he's so smart mm-hmm. and so good at this business. But his body is so destroyed and so yep. like crippled that it's like, man, if if his body wasn't as destroyed as it was, then we would have like a world champion time over. You know, he'd be all over the place and be huge. But it's just like, man, I only if only this guy's body was working better in order. I did think this match was very, very good. I really enjoyed this match. I feel like this might have been my match of the night. 
Um, I think I had this very close to uh, Alexander and uh, Swan. Um, this match is very good. Machine Guns, always great. Uh, 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 Austin and Bay. Austin and Bay. Fantastic tag team. Great tag mm-hmm. team. They were great singles guys. You put them together, they're an even better tag team. These guys, I I don't know. I feel like, you know, down the line, maybe they're like the next, maybe they're the next machine guns. I don't know. I feel like they're something that if you stick together for a very long time, I think these guys could be like one of the greatest tag teams. I think they have that much charisma, that much uh, uh, wrestling ability. I think these guys like have something as a tag team and I can't, and I want to see way more in this from the two of them. I think they have something. They should be. They, they, They do. They should be impacts like guys moving forward. Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. I, I, I felt that way about Ace Austin for about five years now. So maybe I'm starting to be <laughs> a little right. wrong, but I think, I think these two are like everything you want in future stars in the company. And it also helps they don't do the Bullet Club bullshit, right? Like they just wrestle. They do a little bit of it, you know, but it's more yeah, of like but the nothing that will ruin stuff. it. It's it's more of the showboating stuff, like the Young yeah. Bucks, less the El Fantasmo like. Yeah. Jay White's Jay White I, I think I think the association with Bullet Club is holding them back, honestly, because I just don't see any value in that brand anymore. I really don't. Well, it definitely doesn't have any now. <laughs> the leader is gone, so I don't know what we're gonna do with that. Uh yeah. It was that was funny. They were talking about that on commentary. They're like, Yeah, they're part of a group that uh doesn't have a leader, so that's cool. It's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, sounds good. Yeah. Um <laughs> Mickey James go ahead. Defeating Masha Slamovich. I'm sick of Masha Slamovich losing title matches. I hate it. I'm not I hate surprised. Every I'm not surprised. I love her. She's here. fantastic. Yeah. She shouldn't be I, losing all these matches. Well, I you know, I think they're gonna go to her eventually. Um, I, I would not have booked her in this match. Um, I thought there was other people. I think they should have just kept Masha like Masha lost those two matches against Jordan Grace. Phenomenal matches. Yeah. And it fed into the I know this. You know, my, or um, Jordan versus Mickey was the match to make it hard to kill. So I got that. They should have just had Macha low-key crushing people mm-hmm. and waiting for her time to take over as the as the champion because, hey, Mickey's not signed here. Jordan's not signed past the summer. Eventually, you got to have somebody to to carry the, the banner, and Macha's here for another couple of years. So um, I think they, they eventually go to her. Uh, so I wouldn't have booked it, and honestly, I didn't think this match was all that good. I agree. I think this match is totally fine. I think there were some some spots in here that were like, oh, yeah, all right. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect Masha to win this one at all. I was hoping for like at least a good match. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's like the thing about Masha, especially like any, we have this on AEW like all the time. It's like when you have start having like a monster character in your company, it gets tough to book at a certain point because it's like, all right, well, this person's got to win, but then they're constantly, whenever you get to the top, you get to the top title or anything like Jordan or like Mickey, then it's like, oh, well, <laughs> well, they can't win yet. They can't win all their matches yeah. yet. So it's like, it's either you push into the top super early, which I don't think, I don't know if I would have pushed Masha super early like that to a world title that early. I think she'll get one down the line, but it's like, now we're just going to down cycle her, have her destroy more people, and then she'll have like another match down the line. And it's just... <clears throat> I wish we got there a little bit faster. Maybe I don't know. I wasn't expecting a win here. This match was good. This match was fine. Uh, I'm not expecting like Masha to win a title anytime soon. So I think we'll. I think we're still months out. But I, I just it is what it is with booking monsters like that. If I got my yeah. way, she would have retired Mickey James. So 
I think that would have been great. <laughs> I would have loved that. Also, I don't know why they got rid of the last rodeo gimmick. I, I understand why they got it, but like because she doesn't want it. to retire. But let's just keep <laughs> it. <laughs> well, she she won she won the title. How long could she be doing her last rodeo? Two years. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, and, <laughs> why not? They had That'll to culminate a hard to kill, and she won and she won the title. So now the the gimmick is over. She's sticking around. Let's just keep doing it because why not? Because uh then it'd be super impressive to have like a two-year reign as a title have never never lost a match for like three years at that point right you know let's just do it with mickey james for some reason uh i don't know why we'll do that mickey james but uh we'll do that let's just do it why not give her the give her the roman treatment not have her lose for like years (laughs) well anyways uh i think that's it <laughs> That's impact no surrender. So, yeah, <laughs> that, that no was surrender. and that was talking no surrender. Thank you, folks. <laughs> Thank you for talking no surrender. Uh, yeah, but uh, good, good, not a good show. It was, it was, it was. I, I skipped over Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. Do you guys want to talk no, more about I think that? We no, about that? No, no, I, <laughs> I thought we we beat that dead. We gave them too much airtime. We, That's I think true. we talked about that enough. Uh, yes, it, it impact, pulled an impact. Impact Rebellion is going to be the next pay per view down the line uh out in toronto uh so that what's be- what's the next special Sac- sacrifice? sacrifice sacrifice in march yeah uh and in windsor ontario uh, yeah sacrifice in march and then multiverse and uh for wrestlemania weekend march 30th i think yes and then rebellion uh april, april gosh i can't remember the date but it's in april april 16th in toronto there you go yeah perfect yeah we got plenty of more impact and oh yeah i didn't even see this bound for glory october 21st i meant to ask you mike before we move on do you like the friday pay-per-views no well no personally no because i'm in honolulu and the pay-per-views start at three o'clock here and i'm still at work so (laughs) uh, you know so it really it really kills like i can't i can't go live after the show Right. And, and and it's on a Friday night. I, you know, I'm not I'm not really going to dedicate my Friday night to it. You know, now, if it started, if I could start it at 8 p.m. Right. Mm. Uh, like on the East Coast, that would be good. And then I could, yeah. you know, be recording by 11 p.m. My family's asleep by then. I'm not taking away too much time from my family, right. but it starts at three o'clock here. And I, I kind of had it up on my phone, but I'm still working at the same time. I got one yeah. earbud in. The, it's on my phone and I'm kind of watching like half watching. And then I got to get home. I got to do dinner. And then we go out, we play games and do all that stuff on Friday night and they come back. And then I got to finish watching the show. And by the time I'm ready to record, everybody's asleep. So what I did is I just finished the show in the morning and then recorded it at like six in the morning. So um, it really, it really screws up my whole schedule. Um, and I, I'm also a fan of consistency, you know, be consistent. Um, do if you're going to do it on Saturdays, do it on Saturdays, but no, this one was on Friday. The next one, I believe, is on a Saturday, and then Rebellion in uh, April is going to be on Sunday night. So there's no real consistency there. So I don't, I don't know no what's way. going on with these guys. Yeah, I like the Sunday. I prefer like normal pay per view days. So either Saturday or Sunday, pick a lane. Um, yeah, Friday's I, just so weird. Didn't they do a pay per view one time like after an AEW show or something? Like they did it like 10 p.m. They they did Bound for Glory with Christian and Josh Alexander. Yeah, they did it because um, AEW decided to have Battle of the Belts. They booked it after Impact already booked Bound for Glory and had the rights to to Christian Cage. So, but thankfully they were recording. They were doing it from Las Vegas, same venue, Samstown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. instead of starting it um, at uh, at you know seven or four local time, they started it at seven local time. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like that big of a deal, but it was 10 p.m. on the East Coast. Um, yeah. 
Battle of the so, Belts. That shouldn't be something to be scared of, but that's fine. Well, I guess at the time, <laughs> well, it was it was, it was part of the of. deal. It was part of the deal with Tony Khan too yes, that uh, he didn't want to compete with himself. Yes, uh, that makes sense. That makes um, sense. all right, you got me there. Uh, Keji Muto. Let's talk about this guy. Keji Muto, Grand Final. Hold on, let's get the Grand Final <laughs> Pro Wrestling Last Love Holdout from Noah took place this past Tuesday. Attend in the Tokyo Dome, thirty thousand people. Uh, I believe there was a report saying it was the most amount of people in the Tokyo Dome in the past several years. Uh, I'm sure uh, COVID probably had played into that. Uh, but you know, you, you know, we'll, we'll boost those advertising numbers uh, no matter what we no matter what we can. Um, let's talk about the show. Uh, how much of the show were you able to catch, Scotty? Oh, I watched it beginning to end, baby. I don't I don't miss a second <laughs> of Keiji Muto books shows. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, were you able to watch all the show? I forgot to ask before. Uh, I did. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't watch everything. I caught the first couple of matches, and then I, of course, I, I went to the uh, All Japan versus uh, Noah yeah. match. I wanted to see that one. Yes, yeah. I saw Kaito and Okada, and then of course I saw the main event. So you well, saw the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll start with the main event. Uh, which well, semi main. Which one? I guess, technically, <laughs> we'll talk about. Uh, let's talk about Muto versus Naito first off. Of course, that's the United defeats Keji Muto is quote-unquote last maybe that's scotty maybe that's why the quote the last was in quotes because it wasn't his last match uh that he was was telling us beforehand what he was gonna do he's a smart bastard hey guys hey guys can i go first real quick and then i gotta bounce because uh i got got some noise happening in the next room so uh i just wanted to say uh love 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 Keiji Muto versus Naito. Love Keiji Muto versus uh, Chono. I love that moment. I got goosebumps when yeah. that happened, when he came out with the cane. I uh, got a little teary-eyed. The best part of it for me, besides the 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 Chono, um, the Chono thing, mm-hmm. was the entrance. Uh, I loved everything about the entrance. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Uh, and I have to go. Yeah. So, well, guys, so uh, yep. Hey, Scotty, do all my plugs for me, all right, buddy? Yeah, I will. I will. I'll, <laughs> right, I got you. Right. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me on. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'll I'll hit Mike's plugs now before we get into the full show. Um, so as Ryan does the technical parts of probably fixing how the stream looks. Uh, <laughs> yep, I just did it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I'll I'll talk about it here. Uh, so you can follow Mike at Mike Gilbert three one one on Twitter. Um, you can check out Brace for Impact on the Fight Game Media Patreon. Um, his free version reviews impact every week that's with uh jd olivia uh fantastic show if you want to if you want to watch impact without watching impact that is the best way to do it because they'll they'll just tell you like it is like if something sucks they're gonna tell you uh, as you kind of heard today right like yeah he does an impact show but he's on impact like die hard he's gonna shit on the bad stuff and cheer up the good stuff so uh check that out uh mike's mike's great as you all heard so uh yeah, make sure to uh, make sure to check all his stuff out. But let's get to this now, right? This is this is the this is the prime money making, winning, best show of the year, baby. This is the one, and I never had a doubt. I never doubted Keishi Muto. <laughs> I never doubted my king. My oh, I love this man. Um, you know, Mike kind of spoiled a little bit of the uh what happened after, but if you you if you're listening to this, I hope you've already watched it by now. Um, so it doesn't really matter. 
Uh, but we're talking about Naito and Muto, yes? Yes, we are. Uh, Naito uh, versus Muto. I thought this match, you know, was it, you know, it's not going to be a five-star classic. Of course not. It's Muto. He's not going to be doing that stuff. There were I, moments There were moments where, like, Naito was, uh, I think Naito was trying to do his finisher, and he, like, stumbled, they stumbled a little bit because, like, Muto didn't have him held That was completely. literally the final one. Yeah, and I was just like, I was like, oh, God, <laughs> Muto, hold this man. Hold this yeah. man. And Naito basically just did it himself. Uh, you know, it's it's moments like that where it's like it, it, it destroys the, use the film term, verisimilitude of, of the match. But ultimately, it's like what this match was, a huge historic fest of move after move after move, shout outs for Muto. Uh, Naito doing the, uh, the move shout out of running the entire ramp um you know just doing those sort of move shout outs for most of the match and then going to the closing stretch of naito getting the win here at the end there uh you know to me not a five-star classic by any means but very much like you know really good shout outs historically uh muto looked way better than we all thought he was going to look i no 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 no, not all of us i knew i knew yeah okay you knew that the man coming in saying like i have two broken acl He's lying. I know he's lying. <laughs> I know he's lying. He lies all the time. This is literally the life of Keiji Muto, baby. But I, I thought, go ahead. I obviously love this match. I love the simplicities of just <laughs> doing the figure fours. Yeah. I love this guy hitting the Emerald Flosion and that was paying wild. respect to Baba and Hashimoto. I loved him teasing that goddamn moonsault. This man had me on the edge of my seat. That was a great part of that, honestly. Moonsault tease. Yes. If he hit the moonsault, this is getting five stars because it had to. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't hit the moonsault, which is probably safer for all of us. But you know what? He should have just put it into God's hands at one point. He should have just been like, here we go. Uh, but I don't think his legs would have let him launch. I'm, I'm sure they weren't feeling too great. Jesse, uh, I, Jesse walked in as that moment was happening, and he's like, she's like, is this six-year-old man about to do a moonsault? And I said, uh, well, no. I mean, uh, I, no. I'm sure he, he hasn't done it one in a very long time, and I'm sure this man is probably thinking both in kayfabe and in reality, if I do this, I will not be able to kick off so much, and I will land directly on my head. Or if yeah. I do it successfully, I'm basically landing on my knees anyways. Yeah. So I'm sure... It was a lose-lose for him. It was a lose-lose uh, through the moonsault. But uh, I I thought I thought Naito was excellent in this main event. Like, I think that's the most important part. Like, yeah. yes, this is all about Muto, but Naito's the reason this match was parted together perfectly, I think. Um, and I like the finish of the... Uh, Shining Wizards followed by the Destino. Yes. One Destino. Call of a day. Put Keiji Muto out of misery. Um, <laughs> you know, it, was it the match on the show? Obviously not. But it was a very special main event, a very special moment, mm-hmm. uh, followed by an even more special moment. Yeah, so. the the surprise of, uh, of Muto calling out Chono for a match. Uh, calling out Tiger Hattori to referee a match. Uh, Chono sl- exploded. Chono and and I because Jesse was also watching that moment. She was saying, you know, it's very sweet moment to give a guy like Chono an official retirement match. You know, stuff like that. And I was like, I don't, you know, I you know, I don't know if you know if this is a work or if Chono knew beforehand. But if, yeah. either way, Chono's really playing into it. But I love the idea that it is 
that Chono had no idea because then it's Muto being like, oh no, while we're all here, I'm just going to call this guy out. <laughs> and this guy who hasn't wrestled in forever can't say no because now 30,000 people <laughs> will be disappointed if this guy says no at all. Yeah. So he's now forced to do this match. Uh, so I just think that would be that was hilarious. I can't walk. The guy who walks with a fucking cane. Uh, he, he was moving a little bit. He, he did. He got, he's got some step in. He's, he, I love that. There's something about these old guys. When As soon as they get in the ring, the youth comes out. Or not yeah. the youth, but like they're able to move. They're able to groove. They're, you know, <laughs> something about that that's just wild to me. Yeah. We'll see Muto's rocking a uh, wheelchair. When yeah. he's not wrestling, yeah, I would say that's exactly what the once the bell rings, it's all over. Uh, I think, I think, I absolutely believe that at least Tiger Hattori didn't know because he was not getting up. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they were like, Jesse, no, actually, get up, buddy. Jesse commented that like Tiger Hattori didn't get up till Chono get up, and she was just like Tiger thinking to himself, "Oh, well, if he's getting up, then I guess I'll go." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think everything about like everything Muto did on the show was like he couldn't have asked for a better send off. Yes. Right. Right. Like the entrances were fantastic. Uh, the, the, the match with Naito, great job. Mm-hmm. And then the Chono moment. I mean, that's something, you know, if you watch that, if any, if you watch that and you witness that, whether it was live or after the fact, uh, especially if you didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, it was extra special. Cause it's like, wow, what a, what a moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can't believe this guy's done. Yeah, uh, that was my biggest takeaway. But my also, you know, my biggest takeaway from this whole show was, and we'll get to the rest of the show. Why can we not appreciate big retirements more than we do already? Right? Like I, I made the point. Why is like I don't know. Maybe this will happen. But why aren't we building an entire show around Sting's retirement? Mm-hmm. This man announced he's retiring this year. Yeah, and I barely even get him on TV, let alone wrestling or any of that so like i want them to i want the world to watch this and be like oh not only can we make freaking amazing money out of this but we can make an entire show out of it that people care about and like you can't do it for everyone yeah but i say sting because sting's one of the biggest pro wrestlers in the history of the u.s like it's not like we're just like he's muto like that's what he is the the problem with sting in in terms of retirement is that like i totally agree we i i i do believe that we're going to have some sort of sting retirement show totally totally yeah, believe I that's do. gonna be happening on AEW television the problem with it is that you can't quite do it on the scale of muto retirement no you can bring no. people in from japan but you can't have wb people going to, to right, do the show right. that's that's the other thing is that you can't do it where like muto's bringing but- in everyone from the corner of the globe being like hey come on in to noah we got we got stuff for you well, you can bring in people from TNA slash Impact. Mm-hmm. You can bring in people from like his history is thankfully not WWE, so you can pretty much play that to the most part. Um, a lot of the guys you do need aren't in WWE. Like, yeah, you can't have like AJ Styles, I guess. Well, I like, mean, I thought of oh, two well. people immediately when you said TNA Impact. I thought of Kurt Angle, and I was like, well, I don't know if Kurt will want to do that. And then I also yeah. thought of Ric Flair, and I was like, oh, I don't know. They were going to do that, and then that didn't pan yeah. out. And lately, doesn't seem like that's going to be panning out, because now the guy kind of 
is you could probably get an angle. I think you could get an angle. I think you could, but it's it's one of the things that's like it, it's there is now the culture war surrounding AEW and WWE yeah. that it's like, will you see legends who are in WWE or have WWE associations like that? Who can they honestly get that has no ties to WWE that would be willing to come in to do a, a Sting retirement show? That in the middle of this quote unquote war. The you Great know? Muda. <laughs> the Great Muda. All right. Okay. That's one. Um, um, uh, Steamboat. You get Steamboat. You get DDP. DDP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 You get the Steiners. Uh, no, no, Maybe. the Steiners signed uh, uh they contract sign with WWE. That's a shame. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, baby, yeah, <laughs> woo! You got you got that man under contract. You don't wow, go to the world, shit. dude. <laughs> That'd probably be the retirement match. Of course, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I, you know, it's it's weird because with Sting, it's like some of them you can get retirement videos, probably. Yes, um, which is okay. I I mean, for the most part, for Muto at least, right? You didn't have a lot of his rivals wrestle or anything. It's just like be in attendance. Yes. I think you could mostly work that out with a lot of them, but, you know, you never know. Um, I just hope that Sting gets the right send-off at the end of the day. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I, I, I think we will. I think we'll cry in the moment Sting fully retires. But, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I What's great about it is that, like, only – Muto can have this sort of set off. He deserves this sort of sent off at a certain point. Uh, and yeah, he did the goddamn dome. He did the dome. He did. He, he did the deal. The dome on a Tuesday. That's true. <laughs> he packed the show on a Tuesday. God, Muto. Um, let's talk about the, let's go to the top of the card here for the Muto grand final pro wrestling last love. Hold up. Pre-show stuff. Daiki Inaba and Masaki Amiya defeats uh, Yoshiki Nomura and Yasuka Yano. Any thoughts about Why this? Why the fuck was this on this show? I don't know. It was just a simple tag match that doesn't really matter. I, I, I questioned when our preview, why didn't they just do this as a GHC tag match? But I guess, you know, they didn't announce it beforehand, but whatever. Uh, fine. Serviceable. Fine. Any thoughts? No. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, eight-man tag team match. The t- the Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, match. Uh Miyu Yamasha, Rika Tatsumi, Shoka Nakajima, Yuka Sakazaki defeats Maki Ito, Miyu Watanabe, Mizuki, Mizuki, and Yuki Arai. Uh, what do you think of this Tokyo Joshi showcase? I thought they did a great job. Uh, you could tell that they were filled with joy. This is, you know, I say this, I don't know this for sure, but this could be the only time they wrestle a match inside a full packed Tokyo Dome. Um, so they they obviously cherish the moment. You got some good moments. You had Miyu Watanabe, I think, who really shined with, you know, doing the big swing and her power stuff. Uh, of course, Yuka getting the win. So it was it was a fun it was a fun match. It was a cool match. Um, it, it was perfectly spotted, honestly, because I think this brought up the energy. Yes. Um, like getting Maki Ito to do the damn thing with the microphone. That was awesome. It's like and everyone responding. It's like, oh, wow. People actually like pay attention. Um, so I think they, I think they did a really good job at, uh, they got some time too, which helped everyone got a little shine, but yeah, I, no complaints here. Uh, this, this probably should have been the opening match in all honesty, um, in terms of like getting the crowd ready because that first match was so useless, but whatever. I I can agree with that one. Yeah, no, this, uh, you're right. This had a good energy to it. The crowd was into it. Um, 
Yeah, and everyone got a good enough spot. You know, eleven minutes for eight people. You know, nice yeah. little spot for everybody. Yeah, little splurges here and there. Uh, good-looking guys: Anthony Green, Jack Morris, Jake <laughs> Lee versus Segura Goon, Takeshi Segura, and Timothy Thatcher, and Satoshi Kojima. And what is uh, seemingly Kojima's final Noah match? Uh, that sucks. With uh, uh, Jake Lee pinning Timothy Thatcher very quickly, and uh, with the news that happened this weekend. Maybe maybe there's other reasons why Timothy Thatcher got pinned so quickly. Ring of uh, Honors, Timothy Thatcher. Ah, oh, shit. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, yes, and then Jake Lee getting the win here in the pre-show uh, to uh, eventually challenge the world champion down the line. Do you uh, guys see what post-Muto Noah is going to look like? Hell. It's going to look like hell, people. It's going to be rough. Uh, it's going to be rough for Noah. They're running Sumo Hall. I learned. When? In April, I think. Oof. Uh, yeah, they're run. Oh, May fourth. They're running Re Goku as Mayu says. Um, I uh, and, and people start asking me what the what are the what's going to be their signature match to draw. I said I I don't know. I couldn't even begin to tell you what Kano? would draw in that building. Kano, Kaitomiya, maybe? I guess. That's the best match, probably. It's the best match, but is it going to draw? Like, know. Kaito probably should be your champion heading in there, but boy, howdy, do I have fear that Jake Lee might be winning this title, it, and that's which, not good. He shouldn't. He was the He was a top guy in a smaller promotion than Noah perfectly said the other day on a stream that I did. He failed as a top guy in all Japan, a smaller promotion than Noah. Yeah. This guy should not be any sort of world champion in this company. No, I don't think now. Now I don't think Jake Lee is going to win to be clear. My, my one thought, this has entered my mind. What if it's Kaito? versus ibushi yeah i mean yeah that's all <laughs> that <laughs> would be sure. like the only one that would make sense to me that is plausible yeah. for them unless they're bringing in like someone from the outside which i, mean, I guess he it counts, would be ibushi but... yeah jay white <laughs> oh gee yeah jay white wanted to leave japan no he actually just wanted to leave new japan <laughs> yeah that's what he meant that's what he meant uh yeah, he... that who... Gosh. A post Muto world is it's gonna be rough. A interesting one to follow. Well, because it's also like you know the 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 non Muto shows were not really selling too well for Noah. And I, and I understand like maybe people want to save their money for the Muto shows and stuff, but like I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried about how this company is gonna work without Muto because you know it's not just Muto. He's probably gonna be taking a bunch of guys with him, and they're gonna be less booked, like Fujita and all these other people. I mean, Fujita wasn't on this card. Uh, no, no the best there. way to look i don't even know how to look at it yeah. like for them because like i guess they're in a spot like stardom is technically it's like they don't have like major major names or i mean stardom's getting there obviously yeah, I was because say, Ky- they got Kyrie, they got uh mercedes yeah. now well yeah they have mercedes now i guess that changes things but my my point is it's like when they did sumo hall the first time mm-hmm. they didn't have like a muto or Kyrie. they just went in there and they did great 
So I yeah. guess that's kind of what they hope for. But but Noah's not red hot like Starter was. No. So uh, should be uh should be interesting. Should be interesting. <laughs> uh, Good luck. Opening show of this. The official opening of the show was the ten man junior Ugh. match. Chris Wedgway, Dominate, Aida Yagawa, Defeat Alejandro, Koko, uh, Yohei, Yoshioka, Yeah, <laughs> match, who gives a shit about this match? This match stunk. Everything about this junior division stinks. I hate it. Hayata's back, so it just became worse. Ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I forgot that he was injured. I totally forgot that he was injured. Yeah, because he didn't watch his matches to begin with. I know. I watched the Ninja Mac one. Uh, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, man. These, these guys stink. This was the worst match on the show, and I was shitting on Masaki Tamiya's match like 10 seconds ago. DDT showcase match. Uh, what do you think about this DDT match? I think they did a good job at showcasing DDT, okay. Ryan. I think they successfully showcased DDT. I, you know, they had a lot of fun spots. I think, uh, you know, they went an interesting route. They went with all their rookies pretty much on one team and, and Endo. Um, against like their main group that's led by Takeshita. Of course, he's not around to help them, so they have Ueno, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I thought they did a great plan here. I was, I was, I was, I was shocked because they do have names to bring in, like a Akiyama mm-hmm. and a Higuchi, and like they have main event stars to bring in. But they went mm-hmm. with the young guys, and the young guys went out there, gave great energy. They were placed perfectly on the card. They got to follow that stinker, so like. It just helped them all the more. But, yeah, they showcased DDT. Good job. Good job. Yeah. It was a solid, solid outing from a... Yeah, it was nothing special, but it's no. Serviceable. Um, <laughs> Six-man tag team match, El Hijo del Dr. Wagner, Junior, Naomichi Farafuji, and Ninja Mac uh, versus Zebrats, Diamante Kai, and Shun Skywalker. What did you think of this match? Shun Skywalker is going to kill someone if he oh. has to wrestle Ninja Mac again. <laughs> <laughs> which he does on Wednesday. He's in another match with Ninja Mac. Every cross brand match he's had, he's a wrestling against Ninja Mac. It doesn't make sense. They want to do something of Shun and Ninja Mac, but uh, they don't. Shun does not want to be involved at all. Also, we need to stop acting like Shun is a junior, please. Yeah. This guy is gigantic compared to like every other junior I see. Um, this match was, you know, this match unfortunately was hurt by the injury um that diamante suffered at the end but it was good i would i i wish uh i wish shun was in the match longer yes he's a star of the yes match. i i besides Fuji. yes i i think this match was again one of those like completely serviceable matches like i was like fine yeah. with this i yeah. agree like showcase shun a little bit more but i get i mean the match was like I feel like Kai was showcased more in this match than anybody else. And Diamante and Dr. Wagner Jr. had a lot of great Lucha stuff, which was very interesting, uh, which is very fun to watch. But yeah, it was just like, really just like Diamante and Kai. And then Shun was like, oh, I got to work with Ninja Mac. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Guy. Uh, guy. Because yeah. we're bringing up Dr. Wagner Jr. I feel like you've watched it because you're a big Gleet guy. Talk to me. Have you watched Dr. Wagner Jr. El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr.'s, I guess, brother? in gleet i haven't watched him yet is he good i don't I know saw him do a, i saw him do a cannonball it was terrifying i saw him do the yeah it was a cannonball that caused the finish of the match because the guy got knocked out 
Yeah, that's terrifying. I don't know. He's a big dude. I'm interested. I'm very Dr. Wagner Jr. Kid Dr. Wagner Jr. Apologies. He's good. Like, he's really coming on lately, I think. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like, he had a good match with the uh, redhead, Soya. Um, yes. Yes, he did. Good title match, which impressed me because I'm not a big Manabu Soya guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, giving him this title was a smart decision. He has a lot of confidence. But, yeah, I saw the cannonball, and I was like, oh, dear God, who the hell is this guy? I uh, I didn't know he was his brother until you just told me. <laughs> yes. Yes, I found that out. He is. He is. I don't know if they're like officially brothers, but uh, uh, yes, yes. I believe he. He, the he other makes Doctor Wagner Junior. Kit Child seem small. Yes, he's ginormous. He's a fridge. He's essentially a fridge. He's a fridge. Uh, this is this brother show that uh got good. I would say Congo, uh, Nakajima, Kano, and Soya defeat Kento Miyahara, Yume Aoyagi, and Suwama. Uh, I don't get to talk about Kento enough on this show, so this is, no, is going to be a because because I held off on the All Japan conversation because I was unsure about getting into it. But guess who's watched like four or five All Japan <laughs> matches this year already? Uh, not necessarily including this one. Me, baby. So maybe we become an all, we're covering All Japan. I don't really know yet. Um, Just a Kento guy. A Kento guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been watching a lot of his matches, and I watched the the Noroki Doi title change. Uh, mm. I watched the Shingo, the Yuma, Yuma and Zai match, the new Young Lion guy, Yuma and Zai. Yeah, he's the future of uh, All Japan. Yeah, he's got something. I mean, I was like, oh, he's really kind of holding his own here with Shingo. Um, but you, not talking about that stuff, talking about All Japan stuff. Let's talk about All Japan versus Noah. Uh, obviously built around Kento and Nakajima. Uh, I thought they really told a great story in this match between the two of them. Not really like locking up to begin with. Then once they got yeah. into it, it was like, ah, yeah, baby. Uh, uh, Suwama, I loved Kendo. Oh my Suwama God. And Suwama be like, fuck this guy. And just like grabbing him. Suwama fucked up Kendo. Yeah. Like Kano was loopy for the next like minute. Yeah, that was so good. That was yeah. so good. Uh, Yuma Ayagi, I thought was fine. Soya was fine. I don't remember anything specifically about that. Yuma played the heel thing of the Muto thing, and that popped me. That that you're right. I that did pop me. That was a good spot. Uh, but yeah, I thought this match was really really good. I I thought the great story it. of this match well worked. Um. Kento, Kento and Nakajima, man. I just want to see more of that. Uh, they have to do the singles match now. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're leaving money on the table if you don't. Yes. And I, I, I'm sort of upset that we're going to do Miyahara versus um, uh, Masaki Amiya down the line. But I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that match. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you got to do the singles match. Yeah. Yeah, you really do. And uh, this couldn't have been any better than it was if that makes sense like this was exactly what it needed to be and then some because suwama got very angry about yes. this man yes. and was bitching people left and right which was awesome um i kento is like he's unbelievable because this is a guy who's in rinky dink all japan and he is one of the very best and like you watch him and like from his entrance alone inside the Tokyo Dome, you're like, how is this guy not the biggest star in wrestling? Like that, that's kind of what I think about when I see him. I'm like, he would be, and he'll never leave all Japan because he's their ace, but 
Ima- like I just sat there imagining, like, what if he got that bigger stage, like this, yeah. and it worked. His charisma yeah. worked with this crowd. Yeah, this guy was oozing charisma as you expect. As was Nakajima. These two, like I said, were masterful against each other. Um, Kano played a good supporting role. I don't remember Soya doing anything besides getting absolutely owned by Suwama. <laughs> Suwama was bullying this guy. I was like, oh, Soya can't come back from this. It's over for him. Yeah. Um, Yuma playing the Muto thing was great. Yep. I Yeah, I loved every second of this. This was absolutely what I hoped it would be. Uh, if you're not watching Kento Miyahara, I don't know. I'm going to tell you, watch all Japan. Just watch Kento. Yes. Like he is worth all your time. I, I feel like this match told you that, but this match is only a hint of how good he is, um, which says a lot. Because yeah. I thought he was great here. Yeah, he was definitely the star of this match. Um, Bullet Club, Gato and Taiji Shimori. Speaking of stars, uh, Gato and Taiji Shimori versus Mazada and Nasawa Ranga in a four-minute classic match. Really did nothing in this match. And then Nasawa was like, Ishimori, take me out. Ishimori was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. And then Mazada and Gato were like, hey, what the hell is happening over here? And they're like, should we get involved? And Nasawa was like, no, no, no. No one get involved. Take me out. Taiji Ishimori takes him out in a very uh, sad affair for the two of them. Uh, and, and of course, they get the win. So very sh- short match. Uh, just to really just put the the button on the Sauron guy's career, I guess. What'd you think of this one? If you had any thoughts. Waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> Much like any time I see Nasawa. A waste of my time. Well, then we'll move along. Terribly, ter- perfectly placed on this card, though, because of the intermissions that they were doing. Yes. Like, they, they had intermissions. Yeah, because if you watch this on video on demand, you didn't have to deal with the intermissions. Yes. Also, the Keiji Muto video, by the way, I never talked about this, before his match of, like, with the Frank Sinatra. I did it, ma. That was great. Yeah. This man. Uh, no, Sawa, yeah, goodbye, buddy. I don't need to see you ever again. Thanks. Uh, Hiroma Takahashi defeats Amakusa. Uh, this match was great. Yeah, it was... Uh fast yes (laughs) it was very fast but it didn't feel like they did too much if that makes sense no no it felt like amakusa really showcased himself here and you know maybe i think part of it is like my it's not like disdain for hiromu but just like sort of like i'm kind of over (laughs) hiromu Hiromu's Hiromu's also like slowed down significantly because of all his neck injuries and other injuries and stuff like that. But I felt like they worked really well. Hiromu worked well with Amakusa and Amakusa just like showcased himself off to like a huge stage and was like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy's got like young Hiromu energy about him. That's like, even though they're like the same age, this guy's got something about him that's really showcasing himself well. And, you know, a, a loss is a loss, but I think what this match ultimately did was showcase Amakusa to be like oh no this is a guy this is this guy's yeah. this guy's crazy this guy's got it yeah he's a he's a stud and uh, he's gonna get to show it again in that junior uh festival which is good um oh, he's the type of guy i think noah should keep riding with their junior division because he's yes. actually exciting unlike most of their division yep. so yeah I, he it was his breakout performance it wasn't Haroma was pretty much there just to play bass yeah yes it, it worked perfectly Yes, and it, it worked fine. And because what ultimately what it did was showcase Amakusa, which I feel like Horomo, because of how he wants to do this All Star Japan Festival, is trying to do that. Is trying to showcase mm-hmm. Amakusa. Uh, 
So uh, yeah, I think the match completely worked. It you know meant to showcase and elevate your opponent even through defeat. And I think Oromo did a great job in that. And Namakusa obviously was able to do that. So I think good job on them. And of course he's the so other, good. go ahead. He's uh, he's he's so good. I never I, when he was uh, who that what the hell was what was his name before this? Uh, his how? name how uh, how how H A O. Yeah, I never cared a damn minute about that guy. This guy is. This guy's it. Yeah, this guy's it. Uh, and then the other match here, Kazuchika Okada versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, the this, other match. The other match here. <laughs> this match was great. This match was fantastic. I really wish it was less of... I, I wish it was... We talked about it earlier in the show with like the Ricky Morton style. I like, can get beaten down and then fire up. Yeah. Kiyomiya is not that for me. Uh... Like, I wish he was able to be more of an even footing with Okada, but especially, like, being world champion to Noah. Yeah. But it's also, like, Okada's new, the New Japan world champion. He's been for a bit. And also, he's on this, like, Anoki tear where he's just going out there and beating the crap out of guys. Uh, so, like, that, like, I understand why. I just wish wish Kiyomiya got a little bit more in this match. He still got a decent amount, but I just wish it was a little bit more and not just such, like, an utter defeat. Uh, and Okada being like, nah, I'm done with you. Two Rainmakers, get out of my ring, and I'm getting out of here. Uh, one, did you watch him and Shingo yet? Oh, what's your second question? Uh, I don't have another question. I was just going <laughs> to talk about the match. Uh, um, well, number one, no, I guess, is the answer. I, thank you. I figured that out. Uh, second. It's on thought... my list. I'll watch it this week, I promise. All right, buddy. Sure. <laughs> Um, this this week's like action packed stuff, including an AEW pay per view, and you're trying to tell me you're gonna watch it, but okay, yeah, sure. Um, anyways, uh, I thought this was uh excellent, my match of the night, personally. Um, I don't, you know, listen, listen, I'm okay with Kaito getting his ass beat. You know why? Because he is kind of a geek. He's a forever a geek now. Yeah. Um. And the reason it worked is because this was a Noah crowd. Mm -hmm. So him playing that baby face that is getting owned by like this dominant champion worked for me. Um, I, I think my favorite part of the whole thing is that they gave this man, his rainmaker pose with camera. Yes. Just for him to fucking destroy their world champion seconds later. (laughs) Like this, this, this guy, Hit the damn uh, landslide rainmaker, had him beat, pulled him up, said, nut, nut, nope, did the Inoki Itsuguri, yep. did a goddamn Emerald Explosion <laughs> in a Noah Tokyo Dome show, and then smashed him with another uh, rainmaker before giving him the WWE pin of from like a heel of like, yeah, you're, I, I, I squashed you, buddy. Yes. Um, Kaito, what Kaito gets from this is exposure, obviously. People now know who Kaito Kiyomiya is. And I think Kaito Kiyomiya had a good wrestling match when he was on top. I think he had good offense. Sure. Um, you know, like when they were wrestling on the outside, I thought that was great because yeah. he was really like showing how much he wanted this. Um, and I liked it went from Okada not really wanting to be there, kind of like, all right, let's get this over with, to, oh, I kind of have to pay attention a little more to this guy too. All right. He pissed me off so much. I'm going to fucking destroy him at the end of this. 
Uh, so I, I think that's why I liked it so much. Okada, this is crazy to say, but he is on another level. Yes. From, like... Yes. I won't say everyone right now, but, like, it's, like, him... For me right now, it's him, Kento, and Danielson. Are we going to do, a, like, gonna do our quick uh, our yeah, February catch-up? Yeah, yeah. Like, I just double, I was just double-checking. Uh, like, my top three wrestlers so far this year are those three. Mm-hmm. And I think they've all, like, you know, Danielson had his great matches, and Kento's been fantastic. Now I'm sure Kento's probably going to fall down a little bit because he uh, he's no longer champion. Sure. But, like, that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, I think... I think, but Okada, I think, is the best of the three right now in his big matches. Still, like he is, and you haven't seen the Shingo one yet, so you, you'll you'll have the opinion. But after the fact, but like he has he hasn't missed in any of his title matches. The Tanahashi one was great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where he beat Jay White was better than I think a lot of people respected for, besides you and me. Um, the and the Shingo one was phenomenal. So, uh. Okada, like you said, in this like Enochism type mindset, is maybe the best he's been since that's it, it, not maybe it is the best he's been since that 700 plus day reign as Agreed. IWGP heavyweight champion. Agreed. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next. I mean, this man's about to go squash Goto again for the title, so like, let's fucking go, baby. Guess I so. called that last week, by the way. Did yeah. I not? Yeah. I said, oh, maybe that'll be the anniversary match. And it was. Yeah, he's going to die. Uh, he's going he's to die in that match. Yeah, my, I love New Japan right now. My current top five wrestlers, and there's like a tie, I think, of a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, sure. I have Okada, Omega, Danielson, Nick and Matt Jackson, and then Moxley. That's what I got in there. Big AEW, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tend to be a big AEW guy, I guess. I guess you could say that. Freakazoid. A little bit of Freakazoid. Uh, where is Kento on my list? Where is Kento on my list? Let me update this list. Kento. I got Yuma Iwagi atop, uh, above Kento. Kento is 12th. Yuma's been great, too. I, Kento is 12th on the list. He's tied with Adam Page. Wow. How about that? Um, I have Kenny and uh, Yuma filling out my top Though I I haven't seen some Will Osprey matches, so no, uh, I I did hear that uh, in France of all places. Uh, yeah, he had a Will, great match with what's his name? Yes, Tristan Archer or something like that. Yeah, too bad I can't find it. Uh, it was on Twitch apparently, and they typically yep. looks like they upload them to YouTube later. So I I'm, I'm on the lookout for that one. You're killing me, people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, currently Okada, Danielson, Omega, Moxley, Matt, Nick Jackson, Jay White, Kaito Kimiya, Darby, Yuma Aoyagi, Will Ospreay, Adam Page, and Kento Miyahara. That's who I got in my yeah. top 12. I mean, if anyone, I, I think for a lot of people, Danielson's right now the rest of the year, especially if you don't watch like all of the stuff that I do. Yeah. Um, And he probably will be my wrestle of the year after Sunday, uh, presuming they have a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk about something off air after the fact that uh, he MJF may or may not be a little loopy. Um, so you never know, but uh, which isn't great timing, but yeah, I mean, it's been a fantastic like, I, I can't stress enough. Like, I thought 2022 is the best 
year of like in ring I've ever seen, like yes. personally in it. Yes. I <laughs> right now twenty twenty three is like better going to destroy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like we're only in February. March is gonna be huge, right? You guys you have uh big stardom pay-per-view star off, you have revolution, you have um, what New Japan Cup, you have WrestleMania week that starts in March, then in April you have WrestleMania stuff, you have other stuff like it. There's a lot of wrestling, okay? Yeah. You get the point. Um and New Japan's like on the Secure Genesis, I think is in April? Yes, yes. The Mercedes so, Mercedes matches will be in April. Yeah. The All Japan uh tournament is in April, if I'm not Yeah, mistaken. Champion Carnival's in April. Yeah, so it's like it's just nonstop. And then Best of Super Juniors will come up and yeah. then you know then G1. Dominion, G one, five star, like usually like the dead months are February and beginning of March, I'd say, and then probably af- a little bit after WrestleMania season, there's no time. None. Zip. We are living. And thank you, Keiji Muto, for uh, helping that, um, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely loving wrestling right now. I can't, uh, can't complain, folks. I mean, I definitely complained on this episode, so you're going <laughs> to laugh at me. But, you know, that's fine. I if I'm not complaining on an episode, am I really doing the episode right? That's that's a fair point. Um, well, I think that's it for us on this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Um, we'll be back next week on Saturday. Um, Oof, we'll be back early. on or 8 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, I got friends coming in, so we're we're saving time for that, of course. He's trying to kill me. As I do, I'm gonna try to kill Scotty every week. That's the point of the Saturday. Saturday is a start on paper. Yeah. Hey, you said yes, and I appreciate that. I didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's fine. I'll figure. It. I'll just sleep through other. But next week, we'll next week on that Saturday, we'll preview Revolution. We'll we'll preview the New Japan Cup, and we'll talk about whatever else is happening. Oh, and we'll re- review episode one of Ring of Honor, um, and then we'll talk about whatever mm-hmm. news things will happen um, next week. Um, Scotty, anything to plug? And any what was your match of the week? Uh, my match of the week was, I have no idea. Just talked about everything. That was good. So, uh, that's cool. Um, let's see. Well, while you're looking at over, I will do the plugs again for Mike. Again, thank you so much, Mike for Mike Gilbert for coming on to the show. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Mike Gilbert three, three, one. And you can listen to his show, Brace for Impact, on the Fight Game Media Network. Um, great show. Uh, as you can tell, he, he, as Scotty already said as well, uh, gives the pros and the cons to Impact. The honest opinion of Impact. So if you want someone who isn't going to be sugarcoating Impact uh, like some people do, uh, Brace for Impact is a good spot for that. If you want good, honest opinions on that promotion. Uh, Scotty, did you find something? Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Fantastica Mania, baby. Yeah, baby. I, I, I just started watching it last night, like main event stuff mostly, mm-hmm. um, and then like one or two matches otherwise. But one Mystico has been fantastic, yep. like extra fantastic. 
Uh, so I'm going to do Volador Jr. and Mystico versus Templario and Atlantis Jr. Um, Atlantis Jr. is fucking huge. Yes, <laughs> I just want to point that out. I was like looking at him. I was like, I don't remember you being this big. No, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I heard today's show was even better than uh, what I've seen so far, which is very exciting. Yeah, I've heard it's only been ramping up and getting even better, and I'm so excited for more Fantastica Mania. I only watched um, night one so far. I need to watch night two and three and behind. Um, but I, I'm very excited to watch it. I'm very you know what the final night is? Uh, good, I think. It's Mystico versus... Atlantis, right? Atlantis, yeah. That's, that's good shit right there. Uh, I, I, I love it. I can't wait. I wish there was more Rocky and um, Volador, but, you know... Uh, no Rocky at all. No Rocky, Rocky didn't all. feel like I'm... That's disappointing. Um, my match of the week. Oh, anything to plug, Scotty? Uh, no. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, this week. uh, then I will say you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan HC, and I'll also say you can follow Scotty at Scott E Wrestling. Uh, but don't tweet at us because we're sick and tired of uh tweeting with dumb tweets uh for the past two weeks. Well, the listeners aren't dumb. That's true. The listeners, listeners tweeted us. If you're not a listener, don't tweet us. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ryan HC, Scotty at Scott E Wrestling, a whole show at Countout Pod um subscribe to the podcast ring post radio wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the whole network you listen to a bunch of great shows like you said uh like uh your dose of death like uh okada shorts like um what are some uh, scotty what are some other great shows on on the countout network god i just i just can't think of any other great shows on the countout Uh, network if there was like take me home uh you can listen to stardom road is it too late to change the theme to to take me home stardom road Uh, if i could get someone to sing it i absolutely would then there we go um check out stardom road they had a great show great episode part two of a uh hoshinki hoshinki that's not how you uh great part two scotty i thought that was fantastic job uh thank you thank you um so definitely go check out stardom road and yeah, my match of the week. I'm just gonna do a uh, uh, obvious pick: uh, Dynamite Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta. Uh, totally a match that, like, on paper, I was like, ah, oh, you know, this will be good, but I'm not sure how great it's gonna be. Turned out to be a great match. Turned out to be a match that, that happened. the crowd was super into it too. They got super into it, uh, and I thought that was a really, really great match between the two. Uh, so I was excited and to talk about that and see that. Um, but yeah, uh, we will be back next week with an all new episode of Ring Post Radio. Uh, Scotty, any final words to say? You gotta, you're gonna have to listen to next week. We got, we got way too much. You're gonna want to mess. We're back on Saturday. I'm gonna be a fucking zombie. I might not even sleep between the uh startup pay per view and this show. I, I'm just realizing because that show starts at 2 a.m. All right, maybe I will sleep. Um, maybe like an hour. <laughs> Maybe like an hour, get a little beauty rest. So be there, 8 a.m. next Saturday, live stream. Of course, you can listen to it after. You don't want to hear us. You don't want to miss us preview uh, AEW Revolution. Yeah, and then, baby. of course, we'll be back next Sunday night reviewing Revolution after an hour-long Iron Man match. Yes. Yes, that'll be on the count on Patreon. We didn't plug that, but that's a great point. Yes. Patreon.com slash slash patreon.com if you want to see us do it live yes it's patreon.com slash countout uh slash countout uh so if you want to go check that out um or slash countout pod i should say 
we'll be doing our usual post-AEW pay-per-view live stream uh, immediate reaction. So if you want to go watch along with that, all you got to do for $1 is subscribe to the Count Out Patreon to listen yeah. to that. So go Oh, and like you out. said, we're reviewing um, Ring of Honor next week. And we're talking about Ring of Honor next week. So should be a great show next week. So definitely go check that out and join the Count Out Patreon. Patreon again, patreon.com forward slash countoutpod. Uh, listen to that only for a dollar. You can listen to that for a dollar and it'll stay up there uh, on Patreon. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this this week's show. We'll be back next week for an all-new episode of Ring Post Radio on Saturday. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Hi, guys. This is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is Your Dose of Death Podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find your dose of death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Countout Network of Podcasts. And also, you can support us on the Countout Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to your dose of death podcast very soon and see you at the shows say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This has been a Countout Podcast.